You know what the funny thing is? They called that. If you saw two tight a previous show against our and they're tight ends. Like they all did super definitely monsters. Like they can go seven, six, five, six, seven. And I don't, I don't want to. And good morning, everybody. It is Saturday morning, and well, Saturday afternoon. Now we're getting started a little late here. I had some babysitting duties I had to take care of this morning. But that aside, uh, we are the Talking Hats. I'm Dale, that's Harish. And uh, this past week in sports, uh, there's been a lot going on. So we got a long list of topics to, uh, to jump into. And then uh, after we run down our list of topics here today, I've got um, a guest booked, um, former coworker of mine. He's a sports encyclopedia. Um, there was a lot of talk about the 91 Redskins Super Bowl team this week. And he was actually at the game. So I want to talk to him about that. Um, so after after this show, we're going to get another interview recorded with him, talk about his experience with that and all of our memories from it. But I'm going to swing things over to Harish to get us started on our list of topics, and we can run down that, get that going. I mean, where can we start? Like last Saturday, holy cow! Let's let's break it down between Cincy and Tennessee. I was I I, I said in the beginning, if they make Tannehill start throwing that ball, they're going to lose that game. And what's a travesty is that defense gave not they, – they, they got nine sacks, nine sacks. And they couldn't and, – and that's the problem, right? You can sack Joe Burrow. And Joe Burrow is not going to make a mistake. He, he'd rather take the sack, and he knows he can make up it in the next play or the play after that. So Tennessee, in my opinion, um, they didn't know how to c- combat their, their own success. In the sense, what I mean by that is – they can run the ball. They, I mean, Derrick Henry wasn't even playing in that game as often as he should have. They're, they, I think they had the, I think the rookie or, 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 or their second string back or the backup was playing. And he was getting like maybe five to 10 yards a chunk. It's when Tannehill was throwing that ball is when they started making the mistakes. And that's when they started like kind of backtracking their own success of putting them in a position to win. And Joe Burrow being the quarterback that he is, he, he was a good quarterback. Now he's in that echelon of being that great quarterback into positioning Cincinnati to win that game. He, had, he won, he, he, he single-handedly won that game for Cincinnati. If it wasn't for him, because usually when you get sacked nine times, psychologically you're down, but he wasn't. And him and Jamar Chase won that game. And since, and I'm sorry, Tennessee needs to look for a new quarterback. Doesn't matter who it is. Tannehill's not getting it done because they have a good defense. They have a good running back. They have a great offensive line. Now you got to look at your quarterback. And Tannehill, I think, should have gone, should have been cut two years ago, in my opinion. He should have left two years ago, but they kept him on because of the salary that he's that he's making. And I don't think anyone's going to take a Tannehill salary. But this time around, all chips lie on him. It wasn't anybody else but him. So that's me. That was me. Yeah, um, that, you know, Tennessee, they, they fell in the end, but it really was a back and forth affair, um, a battle that really, uh, you know, in a battle like that, to come, when it's a close game like that, it usually comes down to coaching. And um, this game, in my opinion, really did come down to coaching. And you would think somebody with Vrabel's experience as a player and, mm-hmm. you know, with the Patriots, uh, and then um, the coaching experience he's had in Tennessee, they've had some, some success under him. So my thinking before the game was the more experienced coach would pull this game out in the end. And he got out coached. Um, they had a situation where they could have taken the lead with a field goal, 
um, there late in the game, and they chose to go for it. Um, they were they were within range. They have a good kicker. They chose to kick a field goal there. Um, to, when I before the, like it's not a hindsight thing. When the play happened, I thought it was stupid. Um, I was like, "What the heck are they doing here?" You take the lead. They take the lead there. Um, they can probably hold on to to, to close the game out because they got nine sacks. I mean, right. if, if your defense pulls out nine sacks, you still lose the game. As a coach, you let them down. Um, mm-hmm. We can put blame on Tannehill. He did not play a good game at all. Um, so he made Cincinnati's defense look better than it probably is. But I'll give those guys credit for making those plays. Um, with the weapons that they have on that offense, though, um, Tannehill has to do a better job of utilizing that talent. They've got Julio Jones. A.J. Brown, if he's not top 10 yet, uh, he's on his way, but he might be there already. He's a great receiver, big body. Um, he can run. And, and Julio Jones is not what he used to be, but he's still Julio Jones. He garners that respect. Um, Derrick Henry came back, and to me, uh, he looked like Derrick Henry. I didn't see any drop-off from him. Uh, and then uh, Foreman... His backup was also carrying the load, like you said, getting chunk runs here and there. So when, you're, when you've got the weapons on, when, in the passing game, you've got a, a running game that's controlling it, you've got a defense that's firing on all, all cylinders, how do you lose the game? It fall, to me, it falls on the coach. I'm not – Danny Hill didn't play great, but I can't put it on him because the coach made bad decisions and cost him the game. That's true, but I also felt that – I mean, yes, and because the thing is – like. Knowing me and you, we're old school kind of like football thing is like if running is working, keep running the ball until yeah. they stop. Keep running and the that's, ball. That's the coach. That's not Tannehill's not calling the plays. That's, that's on the true. coach. And the that's run true. was working yeah. all game. Both running backs were it was. breaking off chunks. That's what's really troublesome to me is is you had the holes. The holes were so huge that they were getting six to seven yards a carry. And yeah, of course they'll stop you. I mean, yeah. once in a while they're gonna stop you, but and it's not I mean, like they were ever in a position where they had to like throw try to ball. catch up by throwing the ball. It, that game was never it never got to that point. Mm-mm. So and so I, 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 I think yeah, go ahead. No, no, the thing is it's like so the thing is this is where it's frustrating is is if it comes down to coaching, Tannehill should have enough like power to change the play in the huddle. If he doesn't like You'd it, you'd be though, surprised. Right? Like a lot of people think that. I'd say mm-hmm. about ninety percent. Well, I'd say about ninety-five percent of football fans are, are are of that mindset where the quarterback has that power. There are probably two quarterbacks in the league that have that power: Aaron mm-hmm. Rodgers and Tom Brady. Outside of that, it's a myth that quarterbacks can just sit there and change plays in the huddle. Here's how mm-hmm. that really works. Just mm-hmm. so everybody understands that. And if you didn't know that before, watch our social. You get how this stuff really works. So Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady prob- probably have the power to change plays in the huddle. And those guys have seen everything, so they wouldn't know what to change a play to. They, know, they, under- they can understand situational breakdowns and when, what I need to do here. But quarterbacks in general don't have that. Like, they're not sitting and breaking down a game plan during the week. What do I do on third and 12? What do I do on third and five? Like, what play do we call in this circumstance? What defensive front do I expect to see there? That's the offensive coordinator's job. If you put that on the quarterback, that's way too much weight on their shoulders trying to go into a game. If they're worried about that, they have no chance to win a game. So offensive coordinators, it's their job to know situations to call what play. Um, and in, in the huddle, the way it works is the quarterback, they can hear the offensive coordinator or quarterback coach up until about 10 seconds left on the play clock. So the quarterback coach or the offensive coordinator is looking at the defensive front and telling the quarterback, okay, I see, I see that cornerback is dropping a little bit. Change the play to this. The, the, uh, that is what's going on. That's not the quarterback changing the play. That's the OC or QB coach telling them, this is what I see, and this is what you need to do. So no quarterbacks really have that power. 
And once that 10 seconds is up, um, once that time limit hits and the, court, the coach can't talk to him anymore, the quarterback is stuck to run whatever it's called. Even if he does see something that's wrong, if you, if you change the play, I don't care who you are, a coach is not going to stand for that. They're getting paid, and they have a lot of pride in what they called, and they want what they called run. So I, everybody needs to understand that quarterbacks aren't out there changing plays. They're not out there calling like an audible. They might call an audible, but if they do, it's because they were given two plays by the, by the coach that they can run, depending on what they see. They, so they, they say, if you, if you go out and you see this, mm-hmm. you're going to run this. If you go out and you see this, say, kill, 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 and everybody switch the play to this. That's why you hear that, kill, kill, or what you hear in Omaha. That's what they're mm-hmm. doing there. Yeah, because that's why it's so frustrating. It's like, like you're looking at it and you're like, wait, why can't he just switch the play at the, at the line? Because he knows, because he can see the entire field. When the, when the quarterback gets to the yeah. line of scrimmage, he can see the line, <clears throat> he can see the entire field. And that's why I always kind of think is like with A.J. Brown, Julio Jones, and even their tight end is pretty decent, you know? Yeah. It's like you need to you need to have and, – and, and, and the last play, you don't go to some Joe Schmo. You go to A.J. Brown or Julio Jones. So it's just like – the. Did that not get communicated? Then that, then that, and then what you said is true because then it falls back on coaching. <laughs> and and this is like what I said about the, the QB coaches and all that, and the quarterback getting the plays at the line from the coach in their ear. Um, that stuff like that, when you see a quarterback fail, knowing that that's what's going on, like I don't get how anybody can fail, knowing that the coaches and and if a quarterback fails and, and the coach is doing that then that means these coaches, I mean, you got to find better quarterback coaches to, to be able to switch these plays at the line for these QBs because that is what's going on. So if a quarterback goes on and can't execute a play, some guys just can't execute, and that's on mm. them. Some coaches aren't reading the right play, though, and that's on the coach. And in this game, for me, it all fell on, to me, it all fell on coaching. Mm-hmm. No, they got I, out coached. Yeah, I agree with that in, in a sense, in, in, in a part of way, because at the end of the day, you, you kind of, you're just scratching your head at times. You're just like, why are they calling certain plays in, in certain critical positions? Because field goal was number one. If they took that, they, they would have been up by three. And Cincinnati was struggling at that point too. Now you're giving momentum back to Cincinnati because they stopped you on some bogus fourth and I don't even know. Like, it was such a bogus play that they ran. It was like what? It was like almost like a quarterback sneak, or it was some sort of like was that, uh, uh, whatever it was. I hated it. Um, yeah, it, it was a dumb play. It was a and dumb so play. It was like a fifty-one yard field goal. Fine. I mean, if you if you want to say if we missed that, we give them good field position. You know, in a normal circumstance, I'd be like, fine, I'll give you that. Mm-hmm. I'm not giving them that because their kicker's good and their defense has nine sacks. So yep. when your defense is making stops, I don't care what kind of field position you're giving them. I'll take mm-hmm. it with that, with the way the defense is playing. Yep, yep. So, and that's what so. And that was one of the frustrating games. Was that that game was really frustrating? Number one, I had to like. I was. I mean, I called Tennessee to win, but I also said that if they put it that Tennessee. Pretty hands, sure you picked the Bengals. No, no, no. So what I said was, I, I, I picked the Bengals on points, but I picked Tennessee to be like that, to win the right. overall game. But I, but I, but I said that if Tannehill throws the ball. Tennessee's done. That too. I remember it's that. done yeah. because I think they masquerade the run because of the deficiencies. And at the end of the day, I mean, the first play of the game, he threw an interception. <laughs> but here nor there, let's move on to the next game. That that was. <laughs> yeah, and this is one that we were all over. Um, yeah. All of us were all over this one. Uh, like a lot of people, you know, they hang their hats on the fact that Aaron Rodgers is going to go out there and play a great game and lead them to victory. Not me, especially not in the playoffs, because his track record doesn't show that. He had one run. That's it. The rest of it, I mean, 
He that this that's who he is in the playoffs. Who he was in this game. It's not like, and people look at you know the stats and all that and think Aaron Rodgers didn't go out there and lose the game. But he had a couple throws here and there that if he makes the, like if he makes the right play on, on the deep ball to Adams, if you make mm-hmm. the right play there, it's a first down. He made yep. the wrong play there, and then you you know you threw the ball in a double coverage on Adams. That's not a good play. I don't care if it's Devontae Adams. That's not a good football play. But the Niners, even despite a couple of bad throws by Jimmy G, you control the ball with the run game. Debo Samuel, the, the wild card, as you said, I mean, that's everything. Trent Williams gutted it out, gutsy performance. That's everything, too. The defense, good grief. They play lights out, too. And I said before on a previous show that this is a Super Bowl-level defense, and they mm-hmm. have a chance to go out there and show it this week, but we'll get into that later. But we, we all call it this one. No yeah. surprise at all. And the thing is, like, when you look at that game, all he was doing is targeting Deontay Adams. He wasn't going anywhere else. No. And if you, and I don't know how many Packers games you watched this season, but that's their offense. Yeah. He doesn't yeah. trust anybody else. He, he, brought, he lobbied for them to pick up Randall Cobb, bring him back, and he doesn't he target him. No. He only targets Devontae Adams. Yep. So that's and easy to is, game plan against. And at the end of the day, what did the 49ers do? They covered him, double covered him, and made Aaron Rodgers. As great as he is, the problem is he doesn't know who to go to now because it's always it's only one-sided. The run game was working to a point, and then they stopped it. Then his throws, this is the first time I've seen him kind of throw passes that were below individuals, behind individuals. So the, the question, it begs the question, is his age catching up to him like Brady? And we'll get to Brady later on. Or, or is it what he knew that he's leaving Green Bay and he was like, you know what? Screw it. Like, I don't have a team around me. I'm just going to do what I got to do just to like, you know, but I don't think he will do that. I mean, honest, I don't think he'll do that, but you have to give credit where credit is due because the 49ers defense put a lot of pressure on him and that, and, and, and we stated the Packers offensive line is not good. It, it was a makeshift offensive line. With without Bakhtiari Bakhtiari, out, yeah. Yeah. That hurt. That, it hurt him severely. And at the end of the day, Kerry Kittle, if he caught that touchdown, if he caught that pass when he was wide open, that, that was game. That was ball game right there. It wouldn't have been that close. <laughs> but the yeah, cold uh, would play back there. Yeah, George Kittle played well despite the drop. Uh, mm-hmm. Sorry, not a- George Kittle, not Terry Kittle. What am I talking about? Sorry. Oh, oh. Uh, the tight end. Yeah. Um, oh, the running game. You brought up the running game. Um, yeah. Green Bay was running the ball pretty well. Um, yeah. When Dylan got hurt, that that hurt them in that regard. But you've still got Aaron Aaron uh, Jones there. Um, there's no drop off when Dylan gets hurt. You still mm-hmm. continue to lean on the run, especially with the elements being what they were. Um, right. You said, is it age with Rodgers or was it a lack mm-hmm. of motivation? I think he was more motivated than ever because before the season, they were talking about the last dance and all that because he knows that this is hit, it for him and Devontae Adams there. They wanted to go out on top. And you know, leave that legacy, leave that memory with the Packers fans. But they just they they fell short. Um, it's not. I don't think it's age with Rodgers either. I think what he showed to me is who he always has been. Um, mm-hmm. He's gotten a lot of credit, you know, after the one Super Bowl run and a lot of run. People saying, "Oh, he's the goat" and all that. I never bought into that crap. He's not even the greatest Super Bowl. He's not even the greatest quarterback in Green Bay Packers history. No. Um, Brett Favre is a knucklehead now. But mm-hmm. he was the guy. He is the guy. Um, to me, better arm talent than, than Rodgers. Um, but 
Rodgers has he has no question he has all the tools. He just mm-hmm. he he has fallen short in these big games, um, and it's because he tends to lean on one guy, and that's like I said, that's easy to game plan against. They should have leaned on the run here. Um, I thought they would, being the weather being what it was, but they went away from it and trusted Rodgers, and he let them down. Yeah, so. and the thing is, I was hearing somewhere else that um, it's almost like he didn't take the chances that 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 like, let's say if uh, uh, Brett Favre would have taken, like you know, throw the ball yeah. down the field I mean, more. So it's like the risk that he could have taken with his talent, with Aaron Rodgers' talent, because he does have talent to throw that yeah. ball down the field. Like, why wouldn't you even take a risk like that to force your secondary, force a 49er secondary to play back or to play up forward to kind of make them think? The secondary didn't think at all. They knew where the ball was going to go. And everybody else didn't, in my opinion, play up to par. And I think it's because of that front seven. That front seven put so much pressure on him that he couldn't get, because Aaron Rodgers, in my opinion, is a timing quarterback. If his timing is good, you're not going to stop him. But if you knock him off his timing, I think it's going to waver. And I think that's what happened is he didn't have time to throw that ball. And at the end of the day, it showed. Yeah, um, I'm not – Yeah, with him, I think his stats bear out the fact that he's not a risk taker. Um, uh-huh. He doesn't have a lot of inter- – he doesn't have many interceptions. And that's indicative of somebody who's not out there taking chances. Um, sure, it's great to not turn the ball over. But sometimes you need to have a couple of picks because you've got to take those risks. And this was a game where taking a risk would have benefited them because late in the game when they had Josh Norman on Devontae Adams, um, he threw at him a couple of times. But they were like – there were throws where, okay, Adams is going to catch it or nobody is. Like it yep. was, and, and Adams didn't get him because they were so far out of reach. Um, there you got to try to jam that in there on Josh Norman. It's Josh yep. Norman. Take a yep. risk. I mean, the season is on the line. Yep. Or throw it to somebody else. He sees that as a risk, obviously, because he doesn't do it. But mm-hmm. that's, that's the time for it. Take a chance and throw a pick rather than, you know, just going out the way they did. I'd rather you, I'd rather you leave it all on the line than go, and then, then lose like that. So, mm-hmm. so I'm not surprised by what I saw. Yeah. So after the game, right, like so now within the week or whatever, before we move on to the next game, the offensive coordinator now is the head coach of the Denver Broncos. Now there's speculation, like I was, re- I was looking at other, you know, kind of shows and other kind of, you know, analysis from other people. They're saying that the best spot for Aaron Rodgers is not Denver, but the Washington team. What do you feel about that? Because in my opinion, I don't think that's going to happen, but I feel that he's going to follow where his OC goes. Cause he likes his OC. He's going to go where he's comfortable, <laughs> but if he goes to that, if if he if the cards play out the way they're supposed to play out, I don't think he's going to go anywhere he's not comfortable because he has to say where he goes. Like I think he has like somewhere in his deal probably like I'm going to go where I feel. I'm, I'm. Well, people have to make a ploy for him too. They can't just say, "Hey, you know, he can't. He's not going to move." But at the end of the day, I think the offensive coordinator, where the, the Green Bay's offense, when he goes to Denver, he's definitely going to call Aaron and he's going to be like, "Hey, come over. We got a team here." And you have you, you can bring the talent that you want, and we have we, we can win. So, what do you feel about that? Well, people are going to play this game all off season until he makes a decision about where is Aaron Rodgers going to go. I'm not playing that game. I, you know, I called before the season started. I knew where he was going. I wasn't guessing. I wasn't speculating. I'm 100% sure. I was 100% sure then. I'm 110% sure now because they went ahead and hired the OC. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I was I was never in question about that either. I always knew who Denver's next coach was going to be. They bring in African-American candidates to enter because they have to. Once they get that charade out of the way, they brought in the guy they wanted, and they hired him pretty much on the spot. He was in the building. He never left the building. He got there at 2 o'clock. They signed mm-hmm. the deal at midnight. Yeah. Uh, their time, 2 a.m. here. Oh, um, oh, so, oh, so it was signed in the morning. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah, and, and they, like I said, that was just a dog and pony show charade mm-hmm. interviewing guys uh dan quinn maybe you know n- n- i never felt for any of that um anybody who's been following the situation being out there you know I'm, I'm at i'm in the epicenter of it i've been on top like it's easy to be on top of denver broncos stuff when you're mm-hmm. out there and i have been um same with the aaron Rodgers thing uh with the coach same with aaron Rodgers. It's no speculation on my part i've known where he's going i know where he's going he's going to sign with denver um i don't know who's talking about washington that's negative 100% chance. That'll never on any planet happen. I don't care if they brought Vince Lombardi back to coach the team. Aaron Rodgers ain't <laughs> going to, to D.C. Zero percent chance. Um, no. He will go to Denver. I'm mm. not sure about Devontae Adams. That one's up in the air. They're, Green, Green Bay will probably franchise him. If he right. threatens to hold out, they might be forced to trade him. But yeah. if, if I'm Denver, I'm not giving up anything to get him. They have three top-tier receivers. Yeah. Unless yeah, Green Bay Judy. wants... Yeah, unless Green Bay wants one of those guys for Adams just to not just to get something, fine. But I'm not giving up anything significant to bring him in. Not to I keep think, anybody happy. Screw Aaron Rodgers. He can throw it to my guys. In my personal opinion, I think Jared Judy's a little bit faster than Devontae Adams, just a tad bit, in my opinion. I mean, probably. I mean, his spe- I mean, I mean, he's a little. He has a little bit in my a little bit fast pitch muscle that he just kicks off. And Devontae he runs great routes. Yeah, his hands are I mean, questionable at times, but he runs great that, routes. But that, but that comes with experience, you know what I'm saying? That comes with experience. I mean, because right now he's he's speed. Sometimes so he's using sometimes. I'm just saying, I just I'm just liking the guy that I like and trying to like masquerade. No, his I, I like Judy. I like he seems like a good dude too. I yeah, like oh, hundred percent. So getting back, I mean, I don't want to go on a tangent because we have so much to talk about. But I'm gonna I'm gonna make this really brief, and we can have another like show on this. The Rooney Rule is a bunch of horse thing because th- that rule. It, they should just get rid of it because we all know what's really happening. Okay. It's a bunch of horse doo-doo because it, 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 you can't just say, we're going to interview these qualified, I mean, qualified candidates, mind you, and then go with the guy who you think, who, you know, we're going to get like, they should just get rid of it because you know, at the end of the day, it's not going to happen. And that's why it frustrates me because you still have really great coaches out there who don't get that opportunity. And even though they go for the interview, they're more qualified than the coaches that they pick. More qualified than the coaches that they pick. And that's why it's so frustrating for me when I hear about, oh, we're going through the Rooney rule right now. And I'm like, dude, seriously, like, stop. Just stop. Okay, stop. I'm done. Yeah, the Rooney rule, it's tough because I, I believe I do believe it has led to some qualified African-American candidates getting hired because there have been jobs out there where guys have gotten interviewed, and I've been surprised that they got the job because nobody was really talking about them. Um, like Anthony Lynn getting the job, I didn't mm-hmm. see that coming. Coming. Um, uh, there is maybe Bowles, but I think there's somebody else that I'm thinking of that I can't pull right now who got a job where I really wasn't expecting it. So I think right. um, it leads to situations like that. But, but there are I'm... there are situations like Denver that's clearly mm-hmm. just I mean it's just yeah. BS nonsense. Them bringing in just a black dude because they have to. But the yeah. problem, the problem with the rule, the problem with hiring, all of it is, is these when the black dudes get uh, jobs, they bring white dudes onto their staff, and then when teams are looking for coaches to hire, 
So looking, you look at coordinators first, and then you go to college. When you look mm -hmm. at coordinators, is white coordinators. If the, if the pool that you're hiring from is all white dudes, yeah, seventy percent of the players are black, but like ninety nine percent of the coaches are white from right. top to from heads to coordinators. Mm -hmm. So your pool that you're drawing from is mostly white dudes. So yeah. it doesn't this, shock me that most coaches are white. Yeah, and the thing is, for me, it's like in this day and age, you shouldn't have a rule like that. I mean, maybe at one point in time, yeah, okay, I understand, but nowadays no, you have to. You have to. Because you can't just leave it to the league to do the right thing. The league is never going to do the right thing. The league is going to do the shield thing. Right for them, but not right for anybody else. And, That's true. And, and you, the reason you have to care about situations like this is, A, because these are, these are our high-paying jobs. These, these affect communities. Like, if, mm -hmm. a, if a black dude gets a job like this and he's able to assemble a, a staff of, of black coaches, like, that affects, that affects generations. Mm -hmm. um, but mm -hmm. if you hire a white dude and they just bring in their friends, it's just rich white dude hiring some more rich white dudes, and that's not mm -hmm. changing anything. So you need the rule, but maybe there needs to be some kind of tweak to it to, to have a bigger impact and influence on, on what's going down and less charades and, and mockery. and, and Yeah, because I, I just feel that like, like so. it's just a dog and pony show at the end of the day because they're going to bring people in, but they already know who they're going to hire. You know, at the end of the day, it's like, oh, we just did a tick mark. Everybody knew who the Broncos were hiring. Yeah. Well, everybody, oh, <laughs> everybody and, and the son knew who they're going to get. But I'm just saying in general, it's just like, it's it, it's almost like, oh, boom, boom, boom. Okay. Tick mark, go on to the next. Oh, okay. We satisfied the rule. And now we're going to bring in the guy who we know we're going to bring in. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's but what I, I love what, I love what Leftwich is doing with, with Jacksonville. So mm -hmm. they brought him in and wanted to hire him. He said, okay, but. You hire me, you're also hiring Adrian Wilson. I don't know if you remember him. He was a safety in the league, a uh, big hitter. He's in mm -hmm. uh, Arizona's front office, and yeah. um, he's an assistant GM. He said, yeah. like, I'll come, but I want, I want, I want the GM yeah. to come with I want Adrian Wilson to come with me. Because Trent Balky, their current GM, he's a clown. If he knew what he was doing, they wouldn't be in the situation they're in. Yeah, they so would have hired Urban Meyer. That's not asking too much <laughs> to, to clear him the heck out of here mm -hmm. and bring in Leftwich and his guy. Shad Khan, I'll tell you this right now, he's an idiot because at the end of the day, if he wants to win, he should listen to the people. He should listen to good people. He, someone has his ear and, he, they're, they're, and he's not doing good as an owner. He's just like Dan Snyder, but in a different, in a, in a, in a different perspective. That situation is still up in the air. We'll see how it plays out. But Ben mm -hmm. being Jacksonville, I don't expect him to make the right decision there. Nah. Well, enough all that because we're, we're kind of like you know we kind of get it. We, we got on that. I'm sorry that that, that was my bad. We can talk bad. about whatever we want. That's true because I I just feel like I, I just feel a passion because I, I want to see more minority uh, like representation in certain places where that individuals like me like I, when I grew up like there was nobody I looked up to except for like you know black players and anybody because I because I felt comfortable. But when you see your own race or anybody kind of represented, you're like, hey, you know what? If they can do it, I can do it too. To me, I mean, yeah, that's true. But to me, the that it's not even about that. It's about seventy percent of the league is is black. How do you have like one black head coach? Like, there's yeah. something wrong with that. that that's the, a, the system exactly. is broken. Um, it's broken. It, so yeah, I mean, I don't expect any anything to change. So like you said, we can move on from it. But yeah, it's it's irritating. But I, you know, if I really cared, I'd stop watching football. So I guess I don't really care because my accents don't show it. I'm still watching the product, so how much do I really care about it? I can well, say I care. I can say I care can irritate me, but I'm still watching, just like everybody yes. else.
Yeah, and the so, thing is, it's a players-driven kind of league because without the players, there is no league. So, yeah. But at the end of the day, to 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 to, to get off and go back, Rams and Tampa Bay. Rams and Tampa Bay. I'm going to say this: the Rams are in trouble. The reason why I say that is this: they they literally took Tom Brady to the cleaners. They really did. The first half, they they took Tom Brady to the cleaners. Second half, that gas pedal kind of let kind of let loose a little bit. They kind of took it off the pedal and uh, had Tampa Bay kind of creeping back in. So, if they do that, they're not gonna they're not gonna be in the Super Bowl. They're not. They, they have to blow the doors off and keep scoring until like the game's over. Because if they let if they let any kind of like you know like call some dumb plays or stupid plays and they get into trouble. I don't think they can dig themselves out of it, in my personal opinion. I just don't think they can, even with all the weapons they have, because Tampa Bay crawled back in that game in the second half, even though it was pretty much, we all knew it was kind of over, but the doubt starts creeping in, and when they start scoring, like, oh, my God, this can be kind of, it got a lot closer than it needed to be. And- yeah. Um, as we spoke about on uh, the previous show, I thought that this game would come down to, um, if the Rams were going to win, they have yeah. to do what you do when you beat Tom Brady, and that's pressure him. And they did that. Um, like, up, like first two quarters and midway through the third quarter, that's what they were doing. Uh, Von Miller dominated. Aaron, Aaron Donald, Leonard Floyd, these guys had huge games uh, pressuring Tom Brady. And uh, one of their offensive linemen was out, so that was helping too. They were getting to him. Um, Tampa's offense was completely ineffective. Mm-hmm. And the third quarter was 27 to three. And I tweeted yeah. out uh, 27 three. Uh, Tom Brady's seen this before. Can he come back, you know, like he did last time in 28 three? And he did. Um, <laughs> they should have won the game. They were mm-hmm. in position to win the game. They, to me, they blew it. Um, yeah. Akers had two costly fumbles in the game. Uh, that last one set Tampa up to win the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, you know, Stafford made that big throw to Cup to Cup. Um, they're late, and uh, the Rams pulled it out. That can't happen, man. Uh, no. Tampa's defense is too good for that. Um, I don't know what they were calling uh, with the having everybody up. And uh, I don't know if it was a zero blitz, but they had everybody up close to the line. When you got they, Cooper Cup on the other side of the field, you can't ever yeah. do that. No, I, so they gave think, the game away. Yeah, they did. Because I don't think it was a zero blitz. I think it was miscommunication between the safety. Because he was like he was open as day. He beat he beat his corner and he was gone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Stafford keep... made the player there, but that was given to them. So yeah, it, it, it wasn't. But I, I will say this, man. Cooper Cup, like as much as I dogged him, and he, I was like, who is this guy and everything? And I'm like, man, this guy can play. This guy could really play. No, he's great. Um, but I, I think uh, if Tampa had a weapon like Antonio Brown in this game. Would have been different. I was, I was about to say that. I was about yeah, to say that. Um, but yeah, it played out the way it did. And, you know, yeah. um, frankly, I, I think this might be it for Tom Brady. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I, his body I think, language and everything. Yeah, because I don't think he – I mean, it's just he, – he's a winner, right? Like, I, I mean, he's a winner. He doesn't want to go down like this. I think he'll have one more season in him. Like, I think next season maybe he's happen, not. But- it could happen. I mean, you know, I mean, he is 40. He is the, he is the oldest quarterback in the league, right? Besides Roethlisberger. He's, he's, he's the 44. eldest, right? He's 44. Yeah, he, he, I think he's going to retire. There's, I don't think his body can keep up, even though he has, like, the greatest nutritionist in the world. <laughs> but it's not – I don't all. think his body – I don't think it's, it's health in any, any – and, like, personally, I wanted to keep playing so I can always say there's somebody in the league older than me because if he retires, that's it. Um, <laughs> but 
I, I, I think this is it, and I don't think it's healthy or any of that. I don't think it's desire. I think if he didn't have kids, if he didn't have a wife, I think he'd play until he couldn't walk anymore. Walking but up. I think I think he his family's ready for him to come on home. Um, yeah. They love cheering for him at the games and all that. But at the end of the day, there's nothing like being at home with your family. I'm learning that now. And, mm-hmm. you know, being able to work from home and stuff, it's the greatest. I wouldn't trade this for anything. I'll never go into an office again, and I'm only 42. Um, I don't. I hate being away from my family. And he, from his words, he feels mm-hmm. the same way. So, you know, yeah, and he's going to blink, would, and they're going to be teenagers and, and adults. Yeah. So. I would love to see him in the booth. I think he'll be a great commentator, like, with his kind of demeanor thing. You don't think so? He, I think he's going to disappear from the public light. Oh, okay. Because he doesn't need he doesn't need to work. His wife's loaded. I mean, he's his wife loaded. Is super loaded. He can just yeah. he can go spend his money now. Just go chill. Tom Brady. The, remember that I owed you. Remember I loaned you out five dollars. I want that back. I want my five dollars back. I know you have it. The only thing I can see him doing to be in the public eye is like those dumb golf things here and there. He might oh, the charity like, golf events and all that. But, and and the, the 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 match and all that stuff. He mm. might do those, but as far as like being on TV every week, that's a grind. I don't. He's not going to do that. So he's not going to be like a Peyton Manning and Eli no doing chance. those. Uh, so, uh, not to get off the thing, but I I, I find those irritating a little bit. Like I, I want to watch the game. And, and I don't find them irritating because I don't watch them. So I don't even. Oh. I don't even know. <laughs> no, the reason why because because I, I was playing ESPN one day. I think I think it was one of the college bowl games and or some game. And these guys popped. I'm like. Why can't I see the game? I don't want to hear these guys talk throughout the entire game because I want to listen and follow. But I'm like, it's funny for a while, but after like it gets it kind of gets it's like it's like you're just talking and you're not even watching the game. You're just making fun of people, and I'm like, that's not what I want to see. I'm sorry, yeah, I, that's just me. That's one I can't even touch on because I don't know anything about it. I, I know it exists, but outside of that, it's like an but, SNL uh, stick gone bad. Yeah, <laughs> but, but that, the. Yeah. The, the last game of the weekend was oh, the game oh. of the year, uh, probably the, the game of this century. Um, I think from, the game, the best game in the last five years. Yeah, it's, it's one of the best games I've ever seen. Um, mm-hmm. I still stand by the first game. The best game I've ever seen was in person, that Bronco Steelers game. So I'm, I'm going to stand by that. But um, the, the second best game I've seen was probably this one. I mean, it was a battle. If you like offense, <laughs> You, that this was your game, um, back and forth battle. Um, Josh Allen, to me, he's he's taking that step that we spoke about before. Um, yep. There's no more having to worry. To me, there's no more having to worry about that floor being mm-hmm. so low. I think uh, he's hit that elite ceiling, um, mm-hmm. and I think he'll his bottom is probably um, great. So his his levels now are between great and elite. He's he's there now. He's arrived. Um, yep. It's gonna it's gonna be a battle between him, um, probably Aaron Rodgers in the division, Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert, and Owen Burrow too for the yeah, next, yeah. I mean, Aaron Rodgers probably has a couple more years, but them dudes mm-hmm. are young. It, this is going to be great football for years to come out of these yeah. guys. And what's so because I, I was so hoping Buffalo would have, I was, I was yeah. so I was like, I, I did not, Casey I mean, I shouldn't say didn't deserve to win. They, they hey. did what they did. They did what they seconds, did. They deserved it. 13 they, seconds. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it was – I'll put it this way. Buffalo screwed themselves. They that did. was coaching as, as, as we went back to the game. Absolutely. Like, I was hearing, like, Dick Buckkiss and everybody, like, saying, like, why don't you squib kick it? I'm like, the only reason why you don't squib kick balls like that is because if it goes out of bounds, that's on the 40-yard line. Because some squib kicks are not well, – you, like, you would hope a squib kick would go right down the middle. Um, yeah. 
And if you can't but, trust your kicker to do that, he shouldn't be your kicker. That's, I, could, I could go on a field right now and script kick it. No, I, could do I don't doubt it. I so, don't doubt that. So if, if you can't trust your kicker to do that, that I just think they just – they were – it's 13 seconds. That's, yeah. that's all they were thinking. Nobody's yeah. going to beat us in 13. And that's, that's a fair thought if it's anybody but, but Patrick Mahomes. Yes. Anybody else, yeah. I ain't, I'm not worried about it. I'm exactly. not giving him one second. Nope. And, 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 and that's the thing, though, right? Like, my old saying is the game's not over until it's 0-0. Zero, zero. It's not over until it's 0-0. Zero, zero. Because any, anything can – if it wasn't a close game, big deal. Big whoop-de-doo. But it was a very close game. They needed three points to tie to get into overtime. In 13 seconds, you can do that. You can you can get to field goal range in 13 seconds if you have a really great quarterback like Patrick Mahomes. And look what happened. There, I don't even know what kind of defense they're playing a prevent zone defense. I would I was like, why were you doing that? I mean, you have to protect the line. I understand that. Yeah, but they made a mistake there with the defensive calls. Yeah, yeah. I would have literally rushed four to put pressure on Mahomes because and then that way he has to run around and that's wasting time. You can't like you, you can't let him sit back there, pass to Tyreek Hill, damn, score a touchdown. I mean, go there. I mean, Tyreek Hill's a freak. All right, let's See, let's call it what it is. They were playing prevent sideline defense when Kansas City had three timeouts. Like I know. they didn't care about you can go right up the middle. And they mm-hmm. did because they can just call a timeout. You don't yeah, play that way when the team has three timeouts. You only play no. that when the team is trying to conserve clock, and they weren't. They were just no. playing football. So you just and, you got to play straight up defense there, and they they blew it. And they and they were playing a win though too. If you if you look at it, they were playing a win. They were trying to take shots down the field because they knew they had three timeouts. And I'm like, I was looking. I was like, bro, like like rush the quarterback, do something, put pressure on him or something. At least, like you know, you, you you can play back, but don't play the side. Who cares about the side? They get knocked out. They get knocked out. Big deal. But at the end of the day, you got to stop them from scoring, and they didn't do that. And this begs the question: Winning overtime was amazing. I was like, I was blown away by that thirteen second thing. Probably was going to go down to history as one of the greatest comebacks because at the end of the day, they had the ball last and they won the game. (laughs) And in overtime, this, this question is now coming up more and more. Um, Me and Dale have in my, I I, I wanted, I like, I like the college overtime rules. That's just me. I don't know what, I mean, Dale, I mean, he, he'll, he'll say his opinion on that. But for me, if the NFL is making all these rule changes to be like, Oh, first touchdown wins. But if you score a field goal, the other team has an opportunity to come back. Why can't be the same rule for a touchdown? Like if if they if they score a touchdown, the other team needs to have the opportunity to score. If they don't, game's over. Yeah, I think the way to tweak that um, would be if you if you want to definitely give both teams the opportunity to touch the ball. Um, and I think the the thing the way they're doing it now is you're punishing the team that doesn't make a stop. I mean, right. if you want the ball back, make a stop. That makes sense. So if you want to keep that same mindset in play. The way you handle that, I think, is, is and it, this will be, this is, you know, kind of out, out in left field, but it's kind of gimmicky. But if the team scores a touchdown, the other team gets the ball. If they score, go and score a touchdown, they have to go for two. You mm-hmm. have to. So you can't tie the game there. You either win or you lose um, on a two-point conversion. Like I said, it's gimmicky, but it gives that other team an opportunity. And mm-hmm. the reason they want to keep the overtime short is they claim they care about player safety there. They don't want to ah. extend the games out too far. So, but, okay, that's cool. 
do it that way then. Give the other team an opportunity to touch the ball, and they have to go for two if they score a touchdown. Or you do like college is you start in the 25. Yeah, that can go, go on forever, though. That's why they don't. That's why they aren't going that route. It's because mm-hmm. that, that well, because it's, it is the pros, though, too, because at the 25-yard line, you have all these plays, and, and these are super athletes. But I'll say this. Gabriel at Gabriel Davis. He's yeah, I was gonna bring him up next because it, it yeah. sucks. Uh that his his huge the game of his life got wasted. Um I was aware of him because in the preseason, um he was Trubisky's guy. I was following mm-hmm. Trubisky because I, you know, wouldn't mind if he ended up here. I, I like him. Um I think he has all the tools he needs to coach him. Uh so if he can't get in the right situation, I think he'd be a good quarterback. But I, mm-hmm. I was following Davis because uh, like I said, he was Trubisky's guy. Um Trubisky was feeding him, so I was aware of his name, um, mm-hmm. fourth round pick uh last year. Um, but I didn't know he was this good. I knew he was good. I didn't know he was four touchdowns over 200 yards good. Um, hopefully, for his sake, he gets paid after that. Um, he's yeah. only in the second year. Uh, so You think he got him. all that thing because – oh, I, I, also another point I wanted to make is um, um, you think he got all that attention because of Stephon Diggs getting double teamed? I mean, yeah, but you still got to – he's getting single teamed. Receivers get single teamed all the time and don't make plays. He made That's plays. That's he true. made yeah. plays – and in the playoffs, yeah, this that's was a hard. huge game, huge yeah. pressure. He he made the plays. I mean, he balled I, out. I think Buffalo made one mistake, one mistake in the entire game, is when the Honey Badger went out, they should have attacked that safety. They should have attacked that safety early on instead of trying to say, because that's what people are saying, why aren't they going out? The they're like, they should have gone out. Maybe they're setting it. I was like, if it was me, if I see a nuke safety come in, it's not, it's not the starting safety, I'll take a shot down the field just shot down the field. And if they, and if they would have had that shot and scored a touchdown, and I think they would, they would have scored a touchdown on that play because of who are you going to cover Stefan Diggs or Davis, who's having the game of his life. You have to, you have to double one person and one person is going to get free. So at the end of the day, if they scored that touchdown, the game was over. It wouldn't yeah. have been, it wouldn't have come down to the situation where the 13 seconds happened. So that was the only blunder I feel that the Buffalo Bills made it was not taking advantage of the situation that Casey put them put um gave them in, in a way they gave them a kind of like hey let's see what you can do and they didn't attack it right away yeah. so that's the only coaching blunder I can see that that McDermott didn't really I mean he's on the defense side but the the OC for Buffalo kind of maybe kind of like maybe he held on to it a little bit too longer than he needed to because after that they were attacking him like it was nobody's business <laughs> yeah and we've been um we've been critical of the teams we've been critical of the entity here but it, you can't be critical of the product they put on the field uh this past weekend because nope. it was nope. highly entertaining all weekend yeah. i mean i was entertained from morning to night uh watching this football so um hard to argue with that um i hope Sunday uh, tomorrow plays out the same way, um, I, you know. In in the, in the Cincinnati and KC game, I don't really have a rooting interest there. It'd be nice to see a new team, some new blood get through, um, but I, I couldn't really care less who wins that game. Um, the other game, uh, the Rams and uh, Niners, I have interest on both sides with rooting for Shanahan. I always they'll always have a place in my heart. The Shanahan's, um, Trent Williams there too, rooting for him. Uh, Debo, of course. Um, then with the Rams, you know Weddle. Like I, you know, like I said, I've been rooting for him, Von Miller. Um, like to see those guys do it too. So that's going to be tough. But just want to see a, a good day of football either way. What, however, however it breaks down, I just want to want to be entertained. So I'm going to say this: KC right now is the hottest team in the playoffs. 
in the in thing right now. They're the hottest team. They, they came in, they won, they took care of business. Um, Cincinnati, I'm sorry, Cincinnati is the hottest team. What am I talking about? Cincinnati, I'm sorry. Cincinnati is the hottest team coming in because they they beat the team that they needed to beat. They're going to give Kansas City some trouble. I mean, well, they beat KC, I think, in week 17. Yeah, I think you're right. They did beat, but it was week 17, though. So, I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, probably resting players and stuff, right? I don't time. believe so, no. They didn't rest play? Okay. They were playing but, seating. Oh, hmm, yeah. But I'll tell you this, though. That offensive line for KC ain't that good. They're not that good. They're decent. I'm not saying they're bad or anything. They're decent. But that front seven of the Bengals, they're, they're, they're pretty good. And they're going to come after Mahomes. The only thing they have to watch out for is Mahomes is like, he can take off. But I believe this is going to be the same kind of game that Buffalo and KC was. Same kind of game. Same kind of game. Because you got Jamar Chase. Nobody in the league has guarded Jamar Chase. Nobody. Even when Cincinnati was down by like two, three scores, they passed to Jamar Chase. He's like, so he had a monster game uh, when they played them. He had, he had over 200 yards. Let me look up his official stats from that game. But he had a monster game against them. Um, it was like 240 or something like that. Uh, yeah, it was. So oh no 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 no. I think yeah I think you're right. I think he was two. Only it was it was close to like. Like, like 300, it was a 240, or it was, it was a ridiculous. Yeah, 266. Um, yeah. And 11 catches, 266. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, he's clearly going to be a factor. If Teron Matthew is out, that's going to hinder their efforts to double him. Um, mm-hmm. But they're going to have to give him a lot mm-hmm. of attention. Um, and that'll give T. Higgins some opportunities on the other side. But also we'll see. Boyd. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, their receivers are, are solid across the board. And then uh, you got Mixon, uh, Mixon coming out of the backfield. We'll see how they how they uh, handle those matchups. Mm-hmm. Um, but Casey has been there before, seen it all before. They just faced Buffalo, who I mean is a juggernaut mm-hmm. in and of itself. Yeah. So I mean, they're not going to be intimidated by, by matching up against um, uh, oh. the Bengals here. So it'll not be it'll this will be a battle. Yeah. I, I'm I'm going to tell you this, man. Both games, the three o'clock, the Cincy game, and the six thirty, the San Fran game are going to be barn burners. They're going to go back and forth. But I'm picking Cincy. I'm picking Cincy. And I'm picking San Fran. I know I said LA is going to win the, go to the Super Bowl and win it. But what kind of showed me, I mean, maybe I should just stick to my gun and say, hey, LA is going to pick it because I called them the beginning of the season. But San Francisco, there's something about that team that it, it, it's just different. It's like if Jimmy G doesn't screw up, I'm gonna put it this way: if Jimmy G doesn't screw up, if he just if he's just an Alex Smith, just be an Alex Smith. You let your playmakers play, and take the shots where you need to take it. Because I just think that Matthew Stafford, if if they get complacent, if they have a if they get complacent, they're gonna lose this game, hands down. They're gonna lose this game because that defense. Because when you're matching defense to defense, they're both stocked. They're, they both are stocked because Bosa's going to have a game. I'm sorry, Bosa's going to have a game uh, there. But the problem is now you have Trent Williams going up against Aaron Donald, or he's going to go up against Vaughn Miller. Uh, no, I'm sorry, he's going to go up against Vaughn Miller, I think. And um, uh, who's the other edge rusher? Leonard Floyd. Leonard Floyd. So he played with Eddie in Chicago. He's a good dude too. Yeah, I mean, so at, the, so at the end of the day, if Trent 
I mean, and Trent got hurt in that game too. So we have to, we got to monitor his ankle or he has to, we got to monitor something. I think he has a, he has a lower, I don't know. It was part of his leg. He, he was, he was kind of, I think he was like limping. So depending on how he has healed, if he has to protect um, Jimmy G's blind side with Vaughn, if they're going to put, a, if I was, if I was um, LA, I'll put Vaughn Miller right next to Trent and see how he handles his feet just to see how he moves and then switch it over to um, the other edge rusher to, to see if he can bull rush to see if he can take that or just line them both up and see how that happened. That, that would just be me. If I was for, if I was the 49ers defense, go get Stafford all day. Just go green light, green light all day. Because at the end of the day, he has to win the game for them. Jimmy G just has to manage it. There's a, the, the, in my opinion, that's a big difference. Jimmy G just has to manage the game because the talent around him is insane. Debo can get 10 yards just by like running. <laughs> so in my yeah. opinion, it's going to be a defensive battle, both sides, because both offensive lines are very good. I'm just leaning towards the, the Rams. I'm sorry, the, the, um, the San Francisco side of things is because I think they have a, they're a little bit more kind of rugged, just a little bit more rugged. That's just yeah. me. They're just more rugged. Yeah, no question about that. Um, for my for the uh, for the Cincy KC game, um, my pick is going to be. Let me see what the line is. I have that up here. Uh, the line is seven and a half. Uh, KC. Oh, they're giving KC a touchdown. Oh, yeah. Oh, um, wow. I think uh, a lot closer. If I had to pick that uh, with the line, mm. I, I'd pick KC to cover. I think they're going to win. Um, mm. Like I said, I, it'd be nice to see Cincy. It'd be nice just to see something different. Um, right. But I, I don't see them being able to go into Kansas City and pull that out. Um, I, I like the seven and a half there too. Um, I, I like Casey to cover there. Um, with the next game though, I expect mm. so San Francisco is coming into this game all banged up. I, I expect the Rams to jump on them like they did in that that late season regular se- that late regular season matchup. Yeah. Um, they went up seventeen nothing that game and San Fran came back. I expect more of the same here with regards to them jumping on them early. But I don't think San Francisco has what it takes to come back here just because of the injuries. Um, Debo is like, he's probably 70% right now health-wise. Um, Trent Williams has a high ankle sprain. Uh, Jimmy G leaked that. Uh, he wasn't supposed to. Wait, um, he told people he had a... <sighs> he leaked that in a press conference. The thing is, though, neither one of them are going to come into the game feeling any pain. Um, they shoot him up. They're not going to feel pain. But, you know, even not feeling pain, you're still, it's, it's not, you're not healthy. So... Mm-hmm. With them not being 100, percent I can't, I can't see it. Y'all know I'm rooting for Shanahan. Um, y'all know I haven't been a Stafford guy. Um, I just, I, I can't, I, I can't pick them here. That line is three and a mm-hmm. half, which is about right, being that yeah. uh, Shanny is six and zero in their last six matchups. So, yeah. I mean, it's, 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 it's tough for me to pick the Rams, but I, I think they'll be doing what Tampa Bay did last season and playing in a home stadium in the Super Bowl. Um, the Rams are going to get this one, so it'll be the Rams KC Super Bowl. Where's the, where's the Super Bowl this year? Is it in LA? LA? Yeah. Oh, oh shoot. So okay. they, they've run straight through. They're they're playing all home games all the way through, just like Tampa did. Oh, oh my gosh. So or, or no, Tampa had to go to Washington. So yeah, so yeah, yeah. Had to, had to go to Washington here. Which is, yeah. <laughs> you know what the crazy uh, thing is, man? Like, I think tomorrow the Rams have they Rams went to Tampa, right? Yeah, it Rams so they, Tampa. So they won't be all the way through either. So, but they'll finish yeah. up at home. Yeah. So the, you know what the crazy thing is? I think this weekend is going to be, it's going to, it's going to replicate last weekend. 
like I think it's going to be an exciting or it can be a complete blowout. We're like, man, what the hell? Why did we just sit through this debacle? (laughs) But um, let's take a real quick break. I want to see if our guest is going to join us um, because I didn't hear from him when I texted him this morning. So we got to see what's going on with that. We're going to take a quick break um, and come right back. And we are back from break, but we're going to go ahead and wrap up this recording here and jump into the next one because our special guest is going to join us here. Um, and then uh, once that's over, we still have some stuff we wanted to talk about with the Wizards and all that. So maybe we'll, we'll um, either run that long or, or start a new one and uh, do part three the first time. Uh, but we're going to wrap this up here and, and start over with uh, his name is Tim. We're going to talk 91 Redskins and we'll be right back. They call they employ their saw three tight ends of our previous show or, against or, 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 or their tight ends. Like Gale did super definitely monsters. Like they, they can go six, seven. All right, what's up, everybody? We're the Talking Hats. Uh, I cut our intro short there because uh, we're kind of pressed for time here. Uh, as y'all know, Zoom will cut us off at the forty-minute mark. But we are joined by uh, my my good friend Tim, um, who actually went to the '91 Super Bowl in in Minnesota between Washington and, and Buffalo. So we're going to kick it over to him um, to tell us his experience uh, going to the game, uh, what he thought of the game and all that. And just reminisce here. So Tim, the floor is yours. Well, I feel very fortunate that, uh, you know, one of the things I wanted to do on my bucket list was to go to a Super Bowl. And um, I was able to go to that Super Bowl uh, a one-day round trip, basically. Uh, got to Dulles Airport at su- Sunday morning at 6 a.m. Got home on Monday morning at 6 a.m. Um, for under $1,000, I wow. got a round-trip ticket, uh, a ticket for the Super Bowl, transportation to and from the game, and a uh, brunch at a nearby hotel uh, oh, on nice. the way over to the game. Nice. So. You know, nowadays, I think it would cost over $2,000 just for the ticket. Easy. Uh, Forget about the airfare and everything else. So, yeah, I I got that off my bucket list at just the right time. And, of course, it was my favorite team playing in the game, and they won. So, you know, that's probably going to be my one and only Super Bowl. But... um, One of the things I remember when I got to Dallas airport, uh, I met up with my group, the travel agent that uh, I bought the ticket from and her group. And what she was talking about when I got there was how she had spent all Saturday afternoon uh, fielding phone calls from people who had booked their trips through the Mark Mosley travel agency. Of course, Mark Mosley being a famous former kicker for the team. um, I think he thought he was going to get more tickets for the game than he ended up getting. And so a bunch, he had to tell a bunch of people that, uh, yeah, you've got your, your, your airfare and to the Minneapolis and you got your hotel and everything else, but we don't have a ticket for you for the game. So those people were scrambling you know, calling anyone they could think of to call, including my travel agent. So uh, she spent all Saturday basically uh, fending off phone calls from Mark Mosley customers <laughs> that uh, could not get a ticket uh, for the game, but were already booked to fly out there and, and stay there for the weekend. 
out of um, curiosity, what uh, what what flight did you guys fly? Was it Delta, United? I you know what I have absolutely no recollection. Pan Am. Pan Am. Oh, Pan Am. That's right. I, I do so, not remember what airlines I flew. So I mean, because um, I was a young kid at that time. I was like nine years old, and I remember this is the first time the Super Bowl ever happened. Say again. I was eleven. I was eleven. Yeah. <laughs> it was. I think this was like it was like the first. Well, it was. Time. It was ninety-two. So I was twelve by that point. Yeah, January ninety-two. One year older. It was the. It was the first time the Super Bowl has ever happened in a cold weather stadium since. Was it? Yeah, I mean every Super Bowl before. Was well, like they had played one in Detroit a few uh, earlier. Oh, okay. Um, at okay. the Silver Dome when San Francisco played the Bengals the first time. Oh, yeah. 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 So. But believe me, uh, we didn't spend much time outside when, when we got to Minneapolis. It was uh, the, the actual temperature was below was like somewhere between zero and 10. Oh, and the man. wind chill was, I'm sure, below zero. Was so, there snow on the ground? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. It wasn't snowing at the time. But yeah, oh, there was definitely snow on the ground. And yeah, um, yeah I just you know, when we got to the stadium, I walked around for about five minutes and hustled inside to get out of the cold. So Yeah, the game day experience itself, um, when you got to the stadium, were, were there like a whole bunch of props and stuff around or, or because it was so cold, did they even bother with that? Well, you know, one thing I remember seeing outside uh, before I went in was a group of protesters protesting the name of the Redskins team. Oh, wow. uh, so even, even back then, uh, they were alive and well and, and yeah. fighting to get the name changed. And, you know, yeah, there's a big native later, population. They finally there. got their way. But mm. uh, that's really about the only thing I remember from outside the stadium. Mm. Um, yeah, you guys mentioned your age. One of the reasons I ended up going really was um, <clears throat> uh, I was about to turn 30 at the time. Uh, my birthday was just a few days after the game. And uh, right after the NFC Championship game, a guy you might remember named Glenn Brenner. Oh, yeah. The yeah. famous sportscaster, probably the best local sportscaster ever. Um, he died from yep. cancer. Yep. And he was yep. 43 years old. Yeah. And so I remember, you know, feeling really bad about that and thinking, wow, you know, obviously uh, – there are no guarantees in life. And, you know, I'm, I'm about to turn 30. Who knows how long I have. And if I want to go to a Super Bowl, and particularly if I want to see my team play in the Super Bowl, mm -hmm. you know, I, I better uh, take advantage of this if I can, because, uh, you know, Joe Gibbs may not be around a lot longer either after this. And who knows, you know, I, I saw the Packers, you know, they were a dormant franchise for 30 years after Lombardi retired. Right. So, and, and Joe Gibbs was our Vince Lombardi. Mm -hmm. So, um, so I made a point, I maxed out a credit card to, uh, to, to uh, make that trip happen. But um, at that time, yeah. did you, did you think that that would be it at that time <laughs> that they would never go back? <laughs> Like I said, for some reason, the Packers came to mind when yeah. I thought about that. And, yeah. the and in 1991, they were still, this was before uh, Brett Favre and before Mike yeah. Holmgren. I mean, mm -hmm. they had been in, in the wilderness for, you know, 25 years at that point. They still had the Magic Man. Super Bowl. So, yeah, you know, I mean, we had, the Redskins had not been a very successful franchise until, well, George Allen came along and turned them into a winning team. 
Uh, but Gibbs was the one that took them over the finish line and, and won championships. So, you know, not every franchise gets coaches like that on a regular basis. Obviously, we have not since uh, since Gibbs left. And even when he came back, he wasn't quite up to uh, what he had been the first time around. Although he when you look back on it now, you know, the fact that he took two teams to the playoffs in four years, you know, that's that's remarkable for, for this franchise. You know, during the last 30 years, no other coach has taken to them to the playoffs twice. Nope. So, you know, I mean, Gibbs was uh, he was he was magic for this team. But um, so, yeah, so I, I got to the stadium and I went inside. And uh, unfortunately, back then, you didn't have digital cameras like you do now. Mm-hmm. And so I had bought two of those little uh, Instamatic Polaroids. It yeah. took like. 20 pictures, I think. So I was limited to taking 40 pictures at the Super Bowl. <laughs> you know, today I would have taken a thousand. Right. Yeah. Easy. Um, this technology. Yeah, you know, I take yeah. two pictures of everything just in case one of them doesn't come out right. So, gosh, you um, said Polaroid. So yeah. Like old school memories nope. about the. <laughs> What's that? Like when you said Polaroid, it, it just brings back so many memories of like the old school photos and everything that we. Oh used yeah, to you have to take your film in to be developed yeah. and, and all yeah. of that. So, a lot of people don't remember that. Like we used to like we used to have like throwaway cameras. You're like, what is throwaway cameras? What is like? That's that's what I had. I had two of them that I bought at at the. So, I, I think I bought them either at the airport or at the stadium. I for whatever reason when I flew out. I, hadn't even thought about getting a camera to take pictures. Right. But, so I did manage to get uh, two rolls of film from the Super Bowl, which it, <laughs> is somewhere. I don't know where yeah. it is right now, but I, I, I know it's somewhere. Um, where were your seats? <laughs> my seats were in the end zone. Um, oh, wow. It was the end zone. Where, pardon me? I said, wow. Wow, yeah. That's, yeah. That's... This wasn't a big stadium. It only seated 63,000 people. So there was a a great demand for tickets for this game because Buffalo and Washington were clearly the two best teams in the mm-hmm. NFL that year. Yeah. And a lot of people thought Buffalo had a good chance of winning because the year before they had lost on a last second field goal yeah. uh, miss by, by Scott Norwood. Mm-hmm. Uh, otherwise they would have come in as defending Super Bowl champions. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, and I was concerned going into that game. I was just, you know, I could never get over the Raiders Super Bowl. Yeah. Um, where we were also favored, but just showed up. Well, we really didn't show up for that game. And yeah. Got blown out. So mm-hmm. I was concerned. You know, the Redskins had had a fantastic season, but, you know, Buffalo was a very talented team. I mean, they had a lot of future Hall of Famers on their roster. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I was, you know, um, what was your, uh, what was your me? favorite play in that Super Bowl? My favorite play? Yeah, what was your favorite play? You know, I just I watched uh, the game again last night in preparation <laughs> for this because I wanted to remember how how everything had unfolded. Um, I mean, in terms of how it affected the outcome of the game, I would say the touchdown pass to Gary Clark yep. in the third quarter. Um, mm-hmm. That was in my end zone where I was was sitting. So that was good. The Redskins scored two touchdowns in my end zone in the third quarter to nice. pretty much put the game away. But um, yeah, we had jumped out. We were up 17 nothing at halftime. 
uh, and had totally, you know, uh, controlled and contained their offense. Um, although, again, when I watched the game last night, you're reminded of how many times, you know, a few plays here and there could have changed the momentum of the game. Buffalo really missed out on, on some golden opportunities in the first half. Players dropping touchdown passes. Good, like Don Beebe was a very good receiver. Yeah. He dropped at least two or three passes in that game um, that could have uh, given Buffalo momentum going into halftime. Uh, and then, of course, Andre Reed at the end of the first half, uh, they threw a pass to him. Uh, Glenn Edwards, not Glenn Edwards, uh, whatever the Redskins Edwards was uh, that Ed year, Edwards. number 27. Uh, can't remember. Say he had two interceptions in that Super Bowl. But on this particular play, he literally climbed over Andre Reed to try to knock the ball away and pretty much, you know, took him to the ground while the ball was still in the air. <laughs> and uh, the referee didn't uh, call anything. And Reed got up and looked around, and then he started jumping up and down. And then he took his helmet off and threw it on the ground, <laughs> which got a 15-yard penalty, okay. and took them out of field goal range right before halftime. So it was stuff like that that really, you know, I mean, everything worked out for for us that day. You know, unlike the previous Super Bowl, I was uh, thinking about with with the Raiders, where you know everything that could have gone wrong went wrong for us that day. And, you know, and, and you look at scores of some of these games and they look very lopsided, but, you know, one or two plays here and there, you'd have a totally different uh, game momentum wise, which would, would clearly affect the outcome of the game in the end, in all likelihood. But, uh, yeah, my favorite play was after, because uh, the Redskins intercepted a pass right off the bat in the third quarter. Uh, first play of the third quarter, Jim Kelly drops back. And apparently the Redskin, one of the Redskin assistant coaches drew up a blitz play on the bus over to the stadium wow. for the game. And he showed it to Gibbs and Gibbs said, well, if, if the right situation comes along, we can try that. Mm -hmm. And they used it on this first play. And I forget who blitzed, but I mean, the guy had a clear path right to Kelly. And yeah, Kelly had to just yeah, dump the ball over Collins the middle, the and Kurt Govea intercepted it and ran it back to the two-yard line, and um, Gerald Riggs uh, walked into the end zone on the next play for a touchdown, made it 24 nothing. At that point, you're thinking, well, this game's going to be a blowout. You know, we could win, you know, 45-7 to seven or something like that. But, unfortunately, you know, Buffalo came back after that and they scored uh, kicked a field goal and then scored a touchdown. And all of a sudden it's 24 to 10 and it's still the third quarter. And, uh, you know, I, I grew up uh, always fearing, uh, you know, a blown lead. You know, the, the worst thing that could happen to my team is to have a big lead and, and, and blow it and lose the game. And certainly you didn't want to see that happen in a Super Bowl. So, uh, so after that, uh, Buffalo scored their 10 points. Uh, the Redskins got the ball and they drove 80 yards down the field for the touchdown that put them back ahead 31 to 10 and put them back in control of the game. And the ending play on that drive was the 30 yard touchdown pass to Gary Clark. So that's uh, to me, that's the most memorable play of the game because it was in my end zone. So I was, you know, right there looking down on it when it happened. So, um, so yeah, um, what was your attire? 
So pardon me. What was what, 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 what were you wearing? So if we do see the game, we probably if we kind of see the recap. Uh, you're not going <laughs> like, to believe geez. this, but um, I I was I you know I'm a typical sports fan. I believe in jinxes, and you know you you don't you know wash your socks if you're on a winning streak or whatever. But uh, I could not wear redskin gear to a redskin game. It mm -hmm. felt like at some point when I had been going to games, when I, when if I wore, you know, redskin hat or shirt or jacket or anything, it seemed like they would lose. So I didn't wear anything redskin for that Super Bowl. Um, in fact, because we were going to Minneapolis, I wore the warmest coat <laughs> I could wear, and it happened to be royal blue which oh. is the Buffalo Bills color. You know, it's one of their yeah. colors. And yeah, it is their main color. Mm -hmm. It's that blue. So a lot of people, even the people I was with at the airport to go to the game, thought I was rooting for Buffalo. And I have to tell them, no, no, I'm, I'm a Redskin fan, but, uh, you know, I want them to win, so I can't wear Redskin gear. So, um, so yeah, basically, I, I wore very generic clothing for the game. Uh, and, and then I wore that blue heavy coat to, uh, you know, keep myself from freezing outside. And um, so, yeah, there were a lot of people there who thought I was probably a Buffalo fan, mm. whatever. Um, <laughs> yeah, one thing I remember, especially when I watched the game last night and they were doing the uh, pregame introductions, man, I would say two thirds of the people at that game were Buffalo fans. I mean, it was very obvious that, you know, uh, when, when our team was introduced, uh, the booze almost overwhelmed the cheers. Wow. And then wow. when the Buffalo team was introduced, you know, it was just, you mm. know, tremendous cheering for, for, for them. So, so we were definitely up against it uh, crowd-wise. And I don't know how that happened. I, I guess Buffalo fans are, even then, were a little more... Um, I don't know. Uh, yeah, yeah, they're they, definitely they, one of those rabid fan bases. Mm -hmm. Yeah, oh yeah, and and this was like their heyday. I mean, this was as good as Buffalo ever was, other than back in the AFL when they won a couple of championships in the '60s. Um, you know, but you know, once the merger happened, Buffalo pretty much fell into uh, just mediocrity for the most part until they had that run of four straight years in the Super Bowl. So one of my other memories, the one memory I have from being out on the concourse level inside the stadium, the biggest crowd I saw gathered around anything or anybody was uh, for Muhammad Ali. Uh, he was at the Super Bowl and when he appeared, you know, huge throng of people, you know, just flocked to him. And I, I could barely make, I couldn't get close enough to him to get, you know, anywhere near like uh, shaking his hand or, you know, slapping him on the back or anything like that. Um, but I could barely see him through the throng of people that were all just surrounding him. You know, I mean. You know, he's just the most charismatic guy. And, you know, wherever he is, people want to be there with him. So that was one of my memories, um, you know, before the game. Yeah. So. Do you remember so, what you ate? Or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
that's the most important question of the day. Mm -hmm. uh, what did you eat during the game? What did I eat? Yes. Just regular stadium food. You know, <laughs> I don't remember Minneapolis having anything particularly special. Yeah. Uh, I don't know that Minneapolis is known for anything in particular. It's not like I, you know, had a hoagie or, you know, a cheesesteak or something like that. Um, I just had, I, I, I had to guess, I don't remember, but I'm sure I just had some hot dogs and, and some soft drinks. So, um, yeah. So we all remember Whitney Houston from the year before, but I do not remember who sang the national anthem for that game. What's well, funny because this ties into one of the famous stories from that game. Um, the pregame, the national anthem was sung by, um, Oh God, now I can't think of his name. Something junior, a famous singer who I guess had a famous father who was a singer. Um, something, something junior. I got to look at uh, that. Yeah. Um, oh, I can't think of his name. Well, anyway, you, you all remember how the first couple of plays for Buffalo, they put their backup runner in the game because uh, Thurman because, Thomas yeah. could not find his helmet. Kenneth Davis. That was the, running back. the backup running back was Kenneth Davis. Yeah, Kenneth Davis had to go in for the first couple of plays because Thurman Thomas couldn't find his helmet. Well, it turned out that the band that was – Harry Connick Jr.? Harry Connick Jr. Oh, he wow. sang the national wow. anthem. Well, anyway, apparently his people in his band uh, – needed the space where or thought they needed the space where Thurman Thomas had put his helmet and so they moved his helmet so when he went looking for it he couldn't find it and people had to go searching up and down their sideline uh, before somebody finally found his helmet to go in the, but you know it wasn't everyone says Thurman Thomas was so it's just so you know careless and lackadaisical or whatever, you know, typical of the Bills back then, you know, that's what you say when a team loses four straight Super Bowls is, you know, somehow it's because, you know, they don't care or they're just careless about things and they don't pay close attention to details and all that. Um, no, Thurman Thomas put his helmet where he knew where it was, but somebody moved it. Somebody from Harry Connick's band uh, moved the helmet and so – so, yeah, that's why he ended up missing the first two plays of the game. Um, and one of them, I don't know if you guys ever saw the ESPN documentary, The Four Falls of Buffalo, about yeah. those four Buffalo teams that went to the Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. um, they pointed out the second play of, of the game for Buffalo um, when Thomas was still looking for his helmet. Uh, they ran a play. Uh, and Kenneth Davis ran the wrong way on the play. I remember that. Wrong way. Mm -hmm. And so Kelly had to just kind of roll out to the right and just, you know, get what he could going up the middle. Yep. And they pointed out during this documentary what a huge hole there was on that play. Kelly, mm -hmm. Kelly gained like five or six yards, you know, just kind of stumbling forward. And, you know, Thomas says, geez, if, you know, if, if I had been in there and run that play, you know, we could have gone, you know, maybe all the way. We could have run it in for a touchdown. Um, so, anyway, yeah, so yeah. Eric Connick was the uh, national anthem singer that day, and he helped the Redskins uh, in his own way <laughs> to uh, get off to a good start. Yeah, and, you know, people these uh, – the, the younger people these days, they don't know 
what a successful Redskins team looks like. Um, most people in this area, this being such a transient area now, people weren't born here, so you didn't grow up with the success the team had. But hopefully here uh, next Wednesday, they can start a new legacy with a new name um, and, and you know, build a, a, a something for these uh, new fans to remember. Um, what's your opinion on what the name is going to be? What are you what are you thinking or what are well, you looking towards? It seems to me, I mean, the word on the street seems to be now that uh, the leader in the clubhouse is going to be commanders. And I'm kind of, you know, uh, I, I don't know if I'm, I would say I'm resigning myself to that name. Uh, it's not a bad name, you know. Um, it's a bad name. Come on, Tim. I hate it. That name is <laughs> I can see down the road eventually, you know, when when the broadcasters are saying, you know, Washington Commanders Touchdown and commanders have taken control of the game, and you know, it's an okay name. At least it's a name that exudes, you know, uh, power and command, you know, um, control or whatever. So I can just but, see you the know, if coming if they me, don't win. Pardon me. I can see the jokes coming when they don't win. They didn't command the football. They didn't command the respect Let's of this. Let's go commies. There were a lot of names. That, what did you say? Let's go commies. Wow. Okay. I mean, to be honest, there are worse, a lot worse names than yeah, I heard. Wizards. Wizards about. Yeah. See, I never really hated the name Wizards either. I, I saw no need to change right. the name. Yeah. I mean... I saw a lot less need to change bullets than I did to see to change Redskins. Agreed. Because you know, but um, and and there was a flow to the name, you know, the the WW Washington Wizards. You That's know, and, and and if you think of it the right way, you know, basketball wizards. You know, wizards with the ball. Um, you know, I I never had a problem with that. Um, that name. And I will get used to the name Commanders. I, you know, I mean, if you have to change it to some, I, my, my preference all along, and apparently it was never going to fly because it, 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 it gives off the impression of, of war. But I always like the name Warhawks, which, uh, well, apparently I found out there's an actual, actually a missile called a Warhawk missile. So there may have been some copyright issues with that. Um, but I like that. And the only team I know of anywhere that had that name was Madison High School yeah. in Vienna, Virginia. Mm -hmm. their, their nickname is the Warhawks. Yeah. And uh, I always liked that name. And, you know, again, it would have been a WW, Washington Warhawks. Um, but again, when you say war in, in this politically correct, day, you know, age, uh, people are going to have a problem with that. So I like um, I'm glad they didn't pick hogs because I didn't want a name that only pertained to like a 10 year period in the history of the franchise. Still could you know? be. I mean, um, sure. You know, you know because, because of the whole groundhog day, you know, announcement, people are saying that that might be why they picked that day to announce it. Cause they're going to call themselves the hogs. I think they may pull uh, an okie doke. Because I, I have that feeling too. Yeah, because it's like because things are going on Reddit, and my friend forwarded me something. Oh, there, this is like the name and the like, you know, in the in the server. I'm like, you do know they can take a, just a picture of that and manipulate whatever they want in this day and age. So I think they're pulling an okie doke. But I, I 
I just like Sentinels, man, because it represents the soldier from the Tomb of the Unknown who guards it. So it's almost like you're giving homage to all the military guys. What was what was that name? The Sentinel. The Sentinel. Oh, so Washington Sentinels. Yeah. So the Sentinels. That's the name of the guards who guard the the Tomb of the Unknown. I don't think that flows as well as other names because it's it's hard to say the word sentinels is not an easy thing to flow off your tongue so Mm. i don't know i mean i've to be honest i've never even heard anyone mention that as as one of the finalists so it seems like one of the early commanders commanders, admirals or hogs of some sort war hogs or some kind of hogs renegades renegades yeah renegades was one of them yeah Um, sentinels was one that was one of the ones. Sentinels was on that list with Renegades, and you know those early Red favorites: Red Hawks, Red Tails. Yeah. Is there a team, or was there a team called the Renegades, though? The Washington. Seems to uh, me like that name. That name sounds familiar. That name America. sounds familiar. Yeah, Washington I, I Renegades. I know there was a Washington Warthogs back in the good old days of yeah. indoor soccer. Mm-hmm. I remember but that too. It could be a lacrosse team. I think. I think. I think it's. A I lacrosse. think you're right. That sounds I, right. I think it's like. I, oh, I, I think yeah. It's, I think it's a lacrosse team in New York. I think the professional lacrosse, I think it's a yeah, New York yeah. or something, but. Uh, you know, another name I would have liked, but it, it has an unfortunate association with it would have simply been the Washington Generals. I would have liked that name. The problem is that that, that name is associated with the team <laughs> that lost to the Globetrotters 98% yeah. of the time. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, the, there would be a lot of jokes there about, you know, us yes. being just perennial Losing. losers. <laughs> So. But you know what, though, as long like, like, like the way I see it is this, it's a new it's it's a new chapter in the team's name. It's a new chapter. I mean, I'm always going to be a fan. I mean, I, I was on the I was on the cusp because I grew up in the 80s and in the 90s. And I know what the tradition is, what they need to do. It's not about the name. I mean, yes, it's, a, it's something was special with us. That's always going to be with us. Old old heads. We will cherish that name to the to the day we leave this earth. But at the same time, it's not about what was special about. It was what the, what, what the culture was special. That's why the name became so prominent is because the way the culture was in that environment. And that's why that name sounds so much like it gave it so much oomph is because of the culture that was brought on to the team. And now it's hard to kind of separate the two, you know? Now it's a whole new thing. But the problem is, if you don't bring a winning culture to the new name, it's going to be the same team with the same outcome. So as long as, cause I've been hearing all the, like the old school heads talking and Julie Donaldson did a great interview with uh, Brad Edwards and um, Gary Clark and Brian Mitchell. And he was like, we loved to play for the coach, which was Gibbs. And we loved the fans. And they had old school, like, you know, the older players who came in through the, like, you know, who taught them and they taught them and they kind of almost like a domino effect. They're saying that that needs to come back into the organization so that the younger players can understand what history this team brings. Because in Washington, before all this debacle happened, they were one of the best franchises in the league. When you played them, they knew you're going to be in a slobber knocker and you're going to like, you know, it's going to be a tough game. That kind of like intensity and that kind of like culture in this needs to come back somehow, but we're not the owner. So. <laughs> right. Um, 
unfortunate, but yeah, unfortunately, part of the problem with building that culture and having those players that you know can talk to younger, you know, the veterans that can talk to the younger players. We're talking back then about veterans who had been with the team for like 10 years or more. Right. And in this era, and there was no major free agency back then. Mm -hmm. And now it's hard to keep your best players um, mm -hmm. for more than four or five years at, at the mm -hmm. most, you know, and then you have to pick after that, you have to pick and choose which of our yeah. stars are we going to pay the big money to, to keep and which ones are we going to have to let move on? You know, and so you don't have that a, 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 as big a core of mm -hmm. veterans who, and of mm -hmm. course, in, with this team, we don't have a, any core of veterans that have been around winning. So, right. you know, the one thing I'm happy about mm -hmm. is at least the Redskins seem to be attempting to do things the way they're supposed to be done now, as far as having a real front office. You have a real team president. You have a real general manager. Uh, you have a coach who was actually respected by most of the players um, and who, who seems focused on building a culture that, you know, can, can uh, lead to winning. So we seem to have the right pieces in place or at least good pieces in place compared to what we've had in the past. Um, so hopefully, yeah, hopefully with this name change, we can, uh, it will be in, uh, uh, in effect turning the page to a new generation of fans who, you know, don't want to sit there spending the rest of their lives if you're as old as we are, um, you know, reminiscing. We're still young. We're still young. We're still young. Yeah. But do you remember 91? I do remember 91. Uh, I remember so, 88. So that makes you old compared to a lot of Redskin fans today. You know, <laughs> if you're under the age of 35, you know, you probably aren't going to remember the 91 team. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we, we need to give the younger fans something to hang yeah. their hat on going forward. When I became a Redskin fan, I became a Redskin fan and started watching football in 1970. At that point, uh, the Redskins had not played a postseason game. They had not been to the playoffs wow. in 25 wow. years. And so, so if you look at the last 30 years, while it's been dismal compared to the Super Bowl years, mm -hmm. you know, we've still made the playoffs five or six times during that era, you know, during the, you know, since Gibbs retired the first time. Um, so it, it's, it's been depressing for those of us who remember the, the, the championship years. But, you know, imagine being a Redskin fan between 1946 and 1970. I mean, that was a, a total dry spell, like yeah. nothing. They had two winning seasons in that 25 years. Until George you know, Allen and, came and when I became a fan, George Allen came in and yeah. he, he created a winning atmosphere and a winning culture and winning, uh, losing was no longer acceptable after he came to Washington. Um, and then Gibbs followed up a few years after he left, and, and he finished what George Allen had started. Uh, he got us over the finish line to, uh, you know, three Super Bowl championships. So, so the, these people today, you know, they're looking for championships. Uh, like I was looking for a championship when I first became a fan. So we, uh, just, um, we just got to the four-minute mark here. We've got uh, just under four minutes to go. Um, I want to kick a question to you real quick, uh, completely off topic. Uh, what is wrong with the Wizards? 
Who are you asking? You. <laughs> Me? Well, I'm always asking you that. You know, no, I want to know what you think. We text each other, but I mean, so, I mean, ever since that ten and three start, which clearly now was a mirage. I mean, we clearly were not as good as that ten and three start uh, made us look. Uh, you know, what are we like thirteen and twenty two since then? We're nine games under five hundred, uh, and and now overall we're two games under five hundred. Um, yeah, I'm not ready to give up on Unsell, you know, so quickly. I mean, he's been here less than a year, uh, and he did seem to uh, develop some kind of um, um, I can't think of the word I'm looking for. He got them to care about playing defense. Uh, certainly early in the season. And even since then, you know, I'm, I think our losing is probably, if you look at all the games we've lost since then, I'm guessing more of the losses are due to our lack of offense than to our horrendous defense. I don't think our defense has sunk to the levels that it was at, a, you know, two or three years ago. Yeah. Um, because the previous coach just didn't emphasize defense at all. So <laughs> at least Unseld seems to be trying to develop a defensive uh, emphasis for the team. Um, and maybe, you know, bottom line is going into the season, people didn't have real high hopes or expectations for this team. At best, they thought we might be a 500 team and maybe sneak into the playoffs. And at this point, if that's what happens, you know, people would have to be happy with it because the way we're going right now, the playoffs may be, you know, end up being a lost cause. Um, so they just have to, you know, they got to keep working on their roster until they get all the, you know, get the chemistry to have a, a real winning team. Um, you think so, the pieces are there? Pardon me? You think Do I think the pieces are there right now? Yes. I think Bradley Beal's going to have to go. I, I don't think he's... Uh, He's the guy you want to be your team leader for a championship caliber team. Um, and if they can get some decent uh, talent in return, it seems like we got some decent talent for Westbrook when we, when we traded him, um, you know, so we may have to do the same thing and we may have to suffer through a, a year or two of not making the playoffs so we can get draft choices and we've got to hit on our draft choices. I mean, you know, I mean, we just never seem to get the Dirk Novetskis or the, you know, those mid middle, you know, middle of the first round picks that turn into all stars. You know, we pick higher than that, and we don't get all stars with our picks. Yeah. So you know, we've I got mean, about uh, we twenty got seconds to go. And, okay. Um, yeah, I just wanted to jump in so I could thank you for joining us. Um, yeah. It was nice to reminisce um, about the glory years and. I appreciate you taking the time to jump in with us. And if you ever want to do it again, sometimes just let, let us know. Uh, we record every Saturday. And, well, yeah, next week we'll know what the team name is. Maybe we can yep. do an hour on that. I know, right? <laughs> yeah. So. All right. Well, I'll thank right. you again. And, and we are the Talking well, Hats. And we, uh, we appreciate y'all joining us. Uh, we'll pick things up um, and get back into whatever we were talking about before. And they're tight ends. Like they all did super definitely monsters. Like they're like they can go six, over. seven, six, five, six, and nine. I don't, I don't want to. Be my boy, boy. Boy. And, and they can run like wide receivers. 
And good afternoon, everybody. We are back for segment three here on this Saturday afternoon. Um, we've already gotten into the NFL and our picks and all that. We went into some 91 Redskins reminiscing and um, talking about the name change a little bit. Um, in this uh, segment here, we're going to jump into the, uh, the Wizards, uh, talk about some NFL coaching news, and um, see where else it, this discussion takes us. Um, but I'll kick it over to you, Harish, to get us started. Let's do it. So on the last show, we were discussing what the Wizards will do in this stretch of games and how they will how they will perform. And we were we were spot on. They are not performing well, and it clearly showed against the Clippers. I mean, I, I mean, I watched, that was the one we thought they would win. <laughs> yes. And 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 they were by 35. 35. <laughs> but when I when I watched the replay again of the game, the it was a lot closer than it seemed. Even though like they were up by thirty five, it was a lot closer than it seemed. But then, what stat that just jumped out at me was the ten turnovers by like overall. Like Beal had five, Dimwitty had four, and um and it was split between Kuzma and I think and I think uh, I think Rui had one too. I'm not sure, but overall it was ten turnovers, and. Why is Beal handling the ball? We told, like, we called it from the beginning and we stressed it and stressed it and stressed it. He's the Clay Thompson of our team. Just catch and shoot. Even though Clay handles the ball from time to time. But, I mean, it's not, um, he's not the predominantly ball handler. Stuff is. And what this shows is we may need to have to trade Beal to get someone else in return. I mean, at the end of the day, um, yeah, he said like he he says the right things, but he's not doing the right things. <laughs> you know, there's a, and I just feel that if you take him out of the equation, I think this team is a lot better without him than with him in it. I know it's blasphemy to say. I know I, I know it's it's blasphemy to say that, but look at the productivity. Like even when he scores twenty points, he almost has like fifty percent of it in turnovers. So it's like, what's going to give? And then when he played 40 minutes and only scored three points, even if that, I mean, come on. And then the Clippers play their, their, their bench players. So you're saying that your starters could not handle their bench. Their bench is that great. And I'm super pissed because they should have blown. They, they should have beaten by 50 for God's sakes not lost and that that okay fine whatever it may be you can say that that wasn't a foul on the three-point line or whatever and he won the game by that that here nor there it should have never gotten to that position never 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 and i said this on the previous show to be a great team if you're up by 10 you gotta win by 40 all right and at the end of the day this this team is just a mediocre team right now it's a mediocre team and i also believe Wes Unseld, he was like laughing and joking when they were up by that. But as a coach, yeah, you can have fun, but he needs to understand the game's not over yet. The game's not over. And at the end of the day, I just don't understand what's going on. I really don't. Because if you can't trade, and I think you have to trade, you just have to. And at the end of the day, it's one of those things. Who are you going to trade? Are you going to trade Beal? I, I agree with you, man. I agree with you. I think we just need to trade Beal, Bertans, and even KCP. 
trade all of those guys and get more pieces back. Keep Kuzma, keep your young guys, keep your young guys, keep Rui, keep Danny, keep Kispert, because they're the future and they and they ball. If they get the opportunity, they ball. And Kispert's going to make his dumb plays, and you, that's his growing pains. That's what Danny did his first year he was here. But he grew into a, 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 a top, at least, an, I w- I'll probably say an elite defender off the ball, elite defender, because because even when he was against DeRozan, DeRozan had some tough shots to make. So at the end of the day, that he was making those, I mean, he was making it hard for him. It wasn't easy. But I, I digress. I mean, I digress. I think trade, tra- trade, trade, better, better pieces. Uh, I'm done. I'm done. Yeah. Yeah. Um... 35. If you're up 35 at any point in the game, I don't, I don't care if it's first half. I, I don't care when it is. If you're up 35 at any point in the game, you don't lose that game. Um, you can't because it's not possible. Mm-hmm. Um, but they just showed us, like, it's, it's not possible to lose a game when you're up 35. But they, they did everything it took to make it happen anyway. Like, they pulled a miracle a reverse miracle out of their, out of their hats or whatever, wherever they pulled it from. Um, The players don't lose a 35 point lead. Only a coach can blow a 35 point lead. Um, When you're, when you're the coach and you, you notice things slipping away um, and you notice you're losing to a bench squad, uh, Tyloo didn't play a single starter in the second half. Um, When you, when you realize that's going down and your starters are letting that happen, like, don't you at some point, like, counteract that with your bench? Okay. So Gafford played 12 minutes and had 12 points. Why is Gafford only playing 12 minutes in a game where you have 35 and you lose? Like, what? who else is on this team, on, this, on the floor, playing so great that somebody who had 12 points in 12 minutes can't get back on the court? I mean, mm-hmm. did I miss something? What, what is going on? What did I miss there? Like, what, what is going on here? Um, I'm going to do a sound effect. Okay, I'm going to do a sound effect. Okay, and see and, and, and if you can agree me. They played like. That might be too much credit. Um, they play worse than that. Uh, when you have 35 and you lose, they play like corpses. So I don't know if corpses make noises, but if you have a corpse noise, <laughs> I mean, 35 points, like like I said, you have you have to try to do that. And even trying to do that is hard. So they put in a lot of effort to lose by 35. Like all you, when you have 35, all you have to do is, is take the ball every possession, let the shot clock run out, and you'll win the game. Mm-hmm. So they had to put forth effort to lose. Like, so when you say, okay, what I said, what I we were texting after that, and, and I said, I'm bringing the coach in. And I'm interviewing him on the spot, and I'm asking him, "What? All right, look, bro, what is your plan?" And if I don't like what he says, then I'm firing him right there, because mm-hmm. there—that's inexcusable. That's embarrassing. Yeah, because now you're the laughing stock of the league. Like you became the laughing stock of the league. Show. Yeah, and this is what happens when you become the laughing stock of the league for the fans. If if all they get when they come back home are booze, then they're lucky. Because I, I wouldn't even show up. Yeah. Screw them. Why would you? This, this happened at home. You yeah. lost to a team that is down their two best players and then didn't even play any starters from, from missing the two best players, best players, didn't play any starters. And you get 
they got blown out in the second half. I mean, it was so it was so even with the replay when you were watching it again just to see what happened, it was so frustrating to see that this is this is what I saw. Beal taking it up, double teaming and triple teaming Beal, turnover, so score points. Oh, coming down the coming down three point shot, it's good. No, no, no defense, nothing. So his his assist percentage this year is the highest it's ever been in his career, um, which tells you that he's playing point guard way too much. He's handling the ball way too yeah. much. I'm sure his mm-hmm. turnovers are up there with the highest uh, in his career too. It's it's way too much. This should not be his role. Um, nope. And I, I can't. I can't blame him at this point because yes. he's not like maybe he is demanding that role, but the coach has to stand up and be like, nah, bro, this ain't for mm-hmm. you. Um, the coach has to stand up. You brought up Benching Dinwiddie before. The coach is is they they can't trade him. They can't trade that contract. Nobody's gonna want him. You gotta yeah. bench him. You have no or, or come off the so they can't play together. Like it's no. it's not working. No Dinwiddie and Beal cannot play together. It, like in all honesty, I think the starting lineup. Starting lineup has to be this Neto. Um, it has to be Neto. The reason why I say Neto is because he's just a point guard and he and he doesn't care about passing into Beal or whatever, he'll make his own shot. Or you have Danny as point, you have Danny as point, and you make him bring up the ball. I mean, it has to be someone else. You can't run the offense through Beal, you just can't. You it has to be somebody else running the offense and then creating for Beal. Beal can't be the, the the creator and also the scorer at the same time. It's not going to happen. Yeah, I don't, and, and I don't mind him creating his own shot. Um, he's actually very good at that. I don't want him facilitating. That's, I don't yeah, want that's him creating the primary ball handling. That's not – I'm not saying – I'm not even saying he can't do it. I'm just saying I don't want him doing it. No. I don't want him – I, I no. want my, – my, okay, let's say they don't make a single move and they, they keep this woeful mm-hmm. team together. Mm-hmm. Kyle Kuzma needs to be Bill's Robin. Bill needs to be Batman, but Bill doesn't need to be primary ball handler Batman. Mm-hmm. Um, Kuzma needs to be right there with him as far as touches and shot attempts, though. Um, what you said about starting Neto at the point, I ain't going to argue with that. I don't want Dinwiddie starting, and who else do they have? Holiday, I don't want Holiday starting either. So no. it has to be Neto because that's all they have on the roster right now. Yeah, and that's um, the thing, though. Like, like you yeah. signed Dinwiddie for. Maybe that was such maybe that I mean now hindsight's 2020, 20, right? Now we're seeing the kind of what's going on, but I don't think Dim Whitty's a starter. I, he has to come off the bench. He and in all honesty, like like I think most of these like KCP can't start. <laughs> like maybe you have to have Dim Whitty, KCP, and Harold come off the bench as as, as like the second unit. And Rui. um kind of, I mean, Rui can be on the second unit. I'd Rui, frankly I'd move him, but second unit is fine. Yeah, I mean, so, I mean, Rui is getting his legs back, so it's going to take him some time to get back to that first unit. But I'll have him in the second unit too until he does. He has to prove to you that he can do it. I mean, this is not like I think I tweeted this as like the name on the front is more important than the name on the back. That's with any sport. That's with any sport. If you're a superstar, you play like a superstar. But th- those superstars know the name on the front is more than the name on the back, and they will say, "Hey, coach." I'm not playing well, so let's make something happen. Somebody has to say something. I don't even know if they had a team meeting. I mean, you can fight all you want. Like, I don't care, Harold. They actually all- did. They um they got together and watched the game. Mm-hmm. So um, they watched the embarrassment happen uh, back 
um, and on, on in a film session. They all watched it together. So, but you know, I'm not even gonna though, say, I'm not even gonna say that. Um, hopefully, they learn something from that because mm -hmm. it's, it's still one of those. I don't care if you learn from it. It's, it's inexcusable. I don't. Yeah, it's, it's, I, it's not. I don't want you learning lessons from that. I don't want you doing that. That that no. can't happen. It's, no. it's an embarrassment to the game. To to the game of basketball, you should feel ashamed. You should, you should you should have woke up the next day and said, "Basketball, I'm sorry that I brought shame upon the sport," because that that nah, man. It, it, and the thing is, if they want to be like the prowlers in the East, is that what they they, they want to do? You can't like build. <laughs> They don't understand that um, what they did is an embarrassment. It's an embarrassment. They should say sorry to the fans first, number one. They should say sorry to the fans, number one. And then just, and be like, you know what? Like what we showed, but, but the problem is this, man. Like, it's like this excuses, 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 right? At the end of the day, it's gotta, it, it's gotta stop. Like, what are you going to do to put a product? Because we thought it was, it, we thought it was, you know, Scott Brooks. Okay, he's out of here now, right? He's out. It's Wes Unsell Jr.'s show now. We can give him a long leash. He's a first-year coach, and we can see what he's trying to do with all with all the mess that he has right now. But at the end of the day, something's got to give. Like something's got to be like, all right, enough with these excuses. Let's start playing basketball. And what they showed was not basketball. It was more of like, oh, okay, um, ha ha ha. I scored, and we did all these crazy plays, and we're up, and uh, let's lax a little bit. I mean, I, I know everybody has that killer instinct, but they need to somehow kind of <laughs> bring it back day in and day out and uh, make sure that this incident does not happen again. Because the memes that we saw was embarrassing. It was, it was funny, but it was just like, as a fan, you're just like, I can't have some people dog my team like this. Yeah, so late in the game when they, were, when they had already blown the lead and the Clippers were, were just about back mm -hmm. in it, um, KCP hit a layup. He was celebrating afterwards. Um, Bill hit a big three and mm. was celebrating afterwards. Well, it was like doing the, you know, the yeah, calm yeah. down thing and on all that. Um, I don't want to see that in a game where you had a 35 point lead. Like you have no room or reason to celebrate that you mm -hmm. finally did something. Like after they came all the way back, like at that point, like after you made those shots, you should have been like, you should have had a, 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 an embarrassed, horrified look on your face that you let it happen. I mean, let's mm -hmm. grow up here. Let's be serious. Like, yeah. you, you, you let a bench squad come back, and you're celebrating. You're celebrating because you made a shot against against guys who probably wouldn't even be in the league if it wasn't for COVID. Like, yeah. let's be serious. Like, come on now. So, if it's me, no question, I got to move Beal. I keep mm -hmm. saying that I love him as a player. I, I, I think he'll go somewhere else and be great. It's not that I don't. I, I don't. It's not him. He just doesn't mm -hmm. fit here for whatever reason. Um, you got to move him, get Sabonis. Um, whatever else you got to move to get a, a serviceable point guard in there, move it. Rui, bye. Um, yeah. KCP, bye. I don't, I don't, I'll move anybody. I said anybody but Kuzma before. But after that, I don't know if I consider anybody untouchable, including the coach. You want, you want one sold? Give us a call. I mean, tell me you'll give me a pizza or something. You can have anybody. I'll mm -hmm. blow the whole thing up. If they have to go full-on tank mode, I'm okay with it. I'm okay with sitting through a couple of crappy years to get a couple of guys who can take this team to, you know, contender level, like legit contender level, rather than languishing in the playing game every year. Um, Beal had the nerve to come out and say, I think this was after the game, where he said, um, 
we, if we're in the playing game this year, it's a step back. After what I just saw, no, it's not. Y'all fools are lucky if you make it to the playing game. Yeah. Let's, let's be serious. Let's, yeah. let's put the games aside, the jokes aside, and be serious about what this team really is. And that's mm -hmm. a joke. I, man, I think we've exuberated so much energy on this. It's just like, I don't think, like, if they don't show us what's going to happen in the next, let's say, 10 games, I mean, at the end of the day, that's a good sample. I mean, we already seen it was fool's goal to begin with the 10 and three start. We're kind of realizing that it was just fool's goal. I mean, I think everybody in this Wizards uh, fan base fell for it and they kind of came crashing back down to size. So it begs to differ. Is the coaching staff doing what they need to win? Are they putting the right pieces together to win? And the last few games, I think they have not. And they're not like the assistant to the assistant. That was bad. I mean, you can say, all right, you can chalk that up, but the assistant coach, like kind of, like kind of fumbling and bumbling that kind of shows that some people are not on the same page. And me, like, I, I mean, if I ever was coaching, if I see my team down by 10, I automatically call a time. I say, Hey guys, what's going on? You you can't let like, there's certain teams like you can let them crawl back in. You know your team can come back. But sometimes you just can't do that because their confidence are shot. They're like, oh, my God, we're down by 10. What can we do? I will just call a quick 30-second timeout and be like, hey, guys, come on, keep your head out of your butt and start playing some basketball. Like they're no better than you. You're just, you're just like kind of playing soft. And you know what? Even Brian, what is this three-point shooting stuff? Like, like, I mean, you're not like, you're not Dirk. You're not like anybody else. You are a center. Move within the center realm. Hakeem Olajuwon, I think, who's the greatest center of all time, that's me, my opinion, because that was my favorite player ever for, for that. I just loved the way he moved. People came to him for his footwork in the paint. Shaq came to him. He only shot a very few percentages, three-point shot, if he wanted to. But his game was all in that paint. You have the size and you have the height. Use it. You Go go to him. Go call him. Be like, hey, I need your help. None of this, like, three-point shooting or whatever. Gafford is the bruiser, so he knows what his role, he knows what his role is. And he needs more playing time. If Brian ain't cutting it, it needs to be, it needs to be Gafford. And I love Gafford. And I think he, if he can control his fouls, which he has, if he can play a little bit more like situational basketball, I guarantee he'd be the best center in the league besides like Jokic from thing. But like he, he can be up, up to that level, up to that level. Bryant now, since he's lost so much weight, he's thinking he can become the next Dirk Nowitzki ch chalking up shots. That's not his game. Never was. <laughs> I mean, if you want to have a, if you want to have an 18 foot game, okay, I can say, okay, I can live with that. I can live with that. But you're going out into the realms of the Stephs and the, you know, all the three point shooters in the league. I mean, you're costing your team points and you're costing your team like rebounds. I don't understand it. I just don't. I, I, I really don't. Because back in the good old days, if a center shot a three pointer, the coach would come back and be like, hey, you're sitting on the bench for now. <laughs> like, you're not doing that again. <laughs> Yeah, but, I, I'm sure they are having issues with trying to put a rotation together with everybody being back now, but you can only excuse that so much. And again, mm. with the 35-point um, debacle, um, I don't, I'm not giving you any excuses for that because yes. that, that's, yeah. 
I, I've, I've gone down that road enough. Um, but I just – some changes have to be made here if, if they want to mm -hmm. have any um, hope to save this season. I don't really care about saving this season. Like I said, I'm fine with blowing it up and, and starting over from scratch. Um, they need to go ahead and do it and, and just bite that bullet and just go ahead and, and, and tank and, and be better in five years. And least, you know what the funny least... thing is? I don't think we've had a legitimate all-star, a legitimate all-star since the wall era. Since the wall era, because we had we had the big three back in the day, you know, with um, with Arenas and um, uh, uh, Karam Butler and Antoine Jameson and Brendan Haywood, right? You know, I'll even throw Brendan Haywood in there because I like Brendan Haywood. So, but since then, we really never had like that all star kind of person to put fear in him besides Gilbert Arenas, John Wall. Well, okay. Past the, the last season and the season before, Bill has been playing on an all star level, and then last year you had Westbrook. Um, I brought up Westbrook last show. Uh, mm -hmm. I would give the guys we got for him back to get him back because I think, and I know he has his flaws, but at least he cares. At least, like the thirty blowing the thirty-five point lead, that'll never happen on the team he's on. He would never, he would never let that happen because he cares. Yeah, but you know what the funny thing is? I think him and Kuzma can play well together. That's the funny thing. Probably. I, I can just, I mean, because all Westbrook needs to do is like, for some reason, like, I just feel that when Westbrook is the point, when he was the point guard on this team, everybody around him respected him. There's not that respect in that locker room, even though they say they have respect for Beal and all these things. I really don't think deep down inside, they're not like what they say they are. That's just me. I mean, well, everybody maybe, respected him and he made everybody better. Like Beal had his yes. best season playing yeah. with Westbrook. So, right. you know. I mean, I mean, look, I said what I said. Um, that's how I feel. Um, yeah. yeah. Yep. So we had some coaching moves um, this week. We can switch oh. gears out of the, uh, yeah. the passionate NBA talk there and uh, pick up with some uh, one, a questionable move, one, a move everybody expected that we really already got into with the Broncos move there. And then one uh, with the Giants, um, not out of left field, but um, again, it's. I'm not sure it's going to work out the way they're thinking it's going to, um, but we can go ahead and start it off. You can, and with the Colts there, what do you think of that move? Bringing in Eberflus, I mean, not the Colts, the Bears. He was from the Colts, bringing in a, yeah, a defensive See, coordinator. They don't need a defensive coordinator to run that team. They, they, they don't. The Bears have a, the Bears had a decent defense. The, the, it wasn't about their defense that, that, that led them into trouble. It was their offense that led them into trouble. Justin Fields, if that's your future, which we've had our reserves on him from day one, they need a person who can coach him to be a quarterback. The defensive minded guy ain't going to come up to a quarterback like, hey, you got to put your feet this way. You have to put your hips this way. You have to, your mechanics, you have to go throw that way. That, he's not going to do that. And, and, and who's he going to bring? He's going to bring his defensive guys to coach the defense, and he's going to pick, like, his friends who he knows are good offensive guys. Nah. This, the Bears are just being the Bears because they just want to have – so, in my opinion, I think everybody tries to replicate that blueprint with the, what the Ravens did about having a very strong defense, and then you just need, like, a okay QB and, you know, certain pieces and trying to put everything together. But the, prop, but the funny thing is the Ravens had great offenses. It's just – Trent Duffer won a ring because of that defense, but Trent Duffer was a was not bad quarterback. He, he was okay. I mean, you can't say that, like, you know, when he needed to make the play, he made the play. 
All right, let, let, let's put it like that. Justin Fields is a growing quarterback. He's not going to make those plays. He needs somebody there to lead him and to understand, like, hey, this is what you got to do. Retrain his mechanics. Retrain his brain. Because Nagy didn't do it. Of course not. I mean, heck. And this guy's not going to do it. I mean, the Bears are just being the Bears. I'm sorry. But, but you know what? As I always say, prove us wrong. Prove what, prove what the talking hat said is wrong, and then we'll eat crow. All right. But until then, we like like we were spot on on a lot of, on a lot of things. So yeah, just I, don't, I just I don't like the move because I don't know who the dude is, and that that's probably on me. Maybe mm-hmm. I should know who he is, but I feel like I'm not the only person who heard this dude's name for the first time when he was announced as coach of the Bears. Um, the Colts defense didn't blow me away at any point. They were mm-hmm. fine, um, but the Colts the strength of their team was their running game. So I don't I don't know. What about that defense stood out so much that it'll make you even consider this dude for a head job? Um, I don't see them proving me wrong here. I think the move was a mistake. Um, mm-hmm. Not surprised because um, the guy, and at least he's black, they had the new, their new GM, he's new to the job. So I don't know. I don't know if he chose this dude. I don't know if, he, if this dude was chosen by higher ups. I just, I don't know who the guy is. Maybe they had a relationship. Um, the dude was a player, the GM. So maybe he played under him at some point i don't no idea don't know what the connection is don't get it um don't know what he's going to do as far as offense uh they did need somebody to come in and develop fields i just i don't i don't get what's going on here i thought after they fired pace they'd have some kind of direction um but no it's the typical bears that that to me is a typical move for them i think they'll be worse off uh because of it i think they'll be in the basement of the division you think it's from the owner no she's old decrepit woman she's uh no but, <laughs> but somebody like right beneath her probably had some mm-hmm. hopefully i don't because if, if they did not i don't know where this came from um right. it's over my head maybe like i said like you said uh maybe they'll surprise us i, I don't see that I'm, i expect nothing but the worst well i say they might surprise us because that division without aaron Rodgers is open i think it's open you're sleeping on detroit uh, no, Detroit. Detroit will be good next year. I, I'm putting. I'm, I'm put, I'll, I'll bet some money on them next Detroit's year. division to lose. Yeah, because at the end of the day, if you look at it, like they've only lost their games by like a field goal or so. I mean, every every game was by a point, and they were close games. Um, and uh, they they've got some good pieces there. Um, I think they can build that team up in the draft. Maybe get uh, hopefully get somebody to come there too. Um, need receivers. Yeah, I think they'll be fine. Um, they'll be fine. What about the Giants hiring that guy from uh, what was his name? Dayball from uh, from, uh, State, from the yeah. Bills. From the Bills, yeah. Um, I think they believe, and he probably convinced them that he can come in and fix Daniel Jones. Um, I don't know that Daniel Jones is fixable. He has so much raw talent. Like he has a good arm. He's fast. Um, like everything is there for him to succeed at the NFL level from a talent uh, perspective. But I just, I've never seen anything out of him that would lead me to believe he would be the guy. Um, like mm-hmm. I said about coaches on, on the first uh, segment, like I said about coaches being in the QB's ear at the line, maybe Dayball thinks he can do that for him. He did it for Josh Allen. Josh Allen didn't come into the league as Josh Allen. Yeah. He, he, he's that now after some coaching. So maybe he can, maybe he can develop Daniel Jones. That'll be a, fr- talk about miracles. That'll be that'll blow my mind. I will have all the respect in the world. Not not if they win, 
If he makes mm. Daniel Jones look decent, that's a miracle. Now, do you think Josh Allen's productivity will go down because his OC is going over to nah. um, nah. You don't think so? Mm. I think there may be a little of a step back. I'll say this, depending on who they get, depending on who they get to run that offense. I think um, they keep going. I think they have somebody. I might be mixing up Because my opinion is, like, this was a little bit of more of a pass-happy offense because you have to use his t- talent, right? And almost Yeah, like and a- this is what I thought. Um, their quarterback uh, coach. Um, okay. And, and- and the, the guy who is really working with the quarterback the most is Ken Dorsey. He used to play for mm-hmm. Miami. I remember him when he was playing. Um, yes. he, he's there now, but there's talk that Dayball might bring him to New York with him. So oh, we'll wow. see what happens there. That would be yeah. a promotion. So maybe Buffalo will promote him to OC, or maybe the Giants will take him as OC. We'll see. Um, yeah. if, they, if they keep him there, though, there won't be any difference in, in how they – No, yeah. See, that, we'll that's see. what I That's wanted. a developing story. We'll see how that goes. Yeah, because that, that's very crucial to Josh Allen's next – like, he's playing at an elite – he played at an elite level now. So, it's like, who's going to run that offense so he can keep playing that elite level? Yeah. Um, I, like I said also on the first segment, I think he's made that – I think he's made that leap now, though. I, th- I don't think the coaching will have as much of an impact on him as, as it maybe would have before this past season. I think he's he's arrived now. Yeah, because that one play, I forgot the Kansas City defensive end, when he was coming across, he stepped up into that pocket, dime pass, dime pass. So yeah. that, that shows the maturity, that shows the growth. And, and, I mean, in all honesty, man, like, I don't think no one can beat Buffalo next year. I, I mean, because they're bringing back everybody. It's just that this one it's it's sad that Stefan Diggs had back to back like he's pretty upset. So maybe he just wants to have like maybe next third time's a charm. Maybe next year they'll go and maybe make the NFC AFC championship game and bring back the old uh, you know. I think they'll work on solidifying that defense. Um yes. they can get the defense plan on a, a, a close level to what the offense is. Mm-hmm. Nobody can hang with them yeah. at no. that point. No, sir. That's um, phew, geez. But um, since we talked about all that uh, about the coaching carousel that happened, because those it wasn't breaking news. It was because we kind of figured it out. But some of the news was shocking for some certain individuals. But I would say this: with February second coming up, with the name release for the Washington Football Team, I'm kind of irritated the way they're handling the fan situation. Um. Apparently, I thought they're going to have a watch party or a re- reveal party here and land over here in um, FedEx Field, but apparently it's up in New York. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. I thought it would be here, but that that should not happen. I'm sorry for all that stuff. Like, it, I understand it's on a global scale. Like, you want to build a brand on the overall, but you first got to win your fans back. Who at that point to me. Global scale, whatever, I don't care. Who's going to be in those seats? It ain't going to be the global people. Yeah, jersey sales, yeah, whatever, big deal. Yeah, okay, global jersey sales. Okay, woo-ha, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's the fans that, that live in this area you need to come back to. And what they did was a huge deb- – hire me. Hire me to be your marketing guy. Just hire me. I will change this in a minute. Okay, I will work resent. I'll even I'll bring I'll bring my brother over here. We will change this in a minute. Okay, we will change it. Hire us. 
We will change everything you know about marketing and fan appreciation in a month. You give us a month or so, give us a year. Give us one year. We will fix this entire thing. Yeah, see, teams used to have to care about attendance because that's how the teams primarily made their money back in the day. With the TV deals now, they couldn't care less about that. They don't care if you come. Um, they don't care about concessions the way they used to. Um, yeah. The Falcons have low prices. Everybody else keeps their prices high, but they don't care if you buy stuff. They don't care if you buy their jerseys. They don't. You don't have to anymore. The TV yeah. deals are so massive, they could play them. Like the COVID year, they mm. lost a little bit of money, but it didn't destroy them because the TV deals are massive. So yeah. as long as people are watching, you know, and people watch, so they don't have to worry. They don't have to really care. So they can they can have the reveal up in New York. They don't have to placate to the fans because it doesn't matter if they show up. Yeah, the Snyder's have always been about New York. I don't know if they're. Yeah. I, I think he's local, but but they maybe Tanya's from there or something. But New York has just always been their spot. So I'm not surprised they're doing it there. I think it's a spot because of the the news, like because they're they're doing it on what NBC's something on like I, I think I don't know where they're going to do it or Today whatever. Show. It's I'm sorry. Today show. On the Today Show, so it's going to be like a, like a nine o'clock reveal, or um, it's between it's um, it's between nine and eleven, something like that. Wow. They haven't given the they haven't given the time yet either. Yeah, which is also ridiculous. I'm like, we got we got meetings and stuff there today, man. At least we can chalk up some time to watch the damn thing. And if they, and I swear to God, if it's the freaking Commanders, man, freaking Commanders, I'm gonna be like, hmm, because. You know about my jokes sometimes, and my and some the jokes that are running in my head with that name is not safe for YouTube. I'm not going to say it on YouTube. Yeah, I don't, I don't dig it. But at least I've got another team to fall back on in the Broncos, and they'll be good next year. So I don't have to care about the Commanders next season. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, yeah. maybe I'll, 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 I have to like you know, not. I'll probably just have a soft spot for the Broncos then. <laughs> yeah, you'll be rooting for Aaron Rodgers, and yeah, yeah. I'm just they're going to run an aggressive offense, so that'll be fun to watch. Aggressive, man. If if whenever Aaron Rodgers does make the decision that he's going over to Denver, do you know how much publicity is going to come up there where y'all live? I mean, no more than when Peyton came. So you know, we're yeah. used to this. Yeah. And now, do you think they'll be Super Bowl favorites now? If Aaron Rodgers comes to plan, maybe, but I don't agree with that. I wouldn't. Mm. They wouldn't be my pick to win the Super Bowl next year. Uh, mm. As good as they are, um, I just think KC is still better. I think Buffalo mm. is still better. Um, yeah. That division is going to be tough. So for whoever comes out, is going to be battle tested. Um, AFC the Raiders, West, right? The, AFC West. Yeah, where you have the Chargers with Herbert, KC with Mahomes, and then yeah. Derek Carr with the Raiders, who should be better unless they hire Josh McDaniels. If they hire him, they'll be in the basement. So that'll be the laughing stock of the division. Um, because he's just a joke of a coach. He's a joke of a person, horrible person. Um, hate oh, yeah. him. Um, and I don't think he ever deserves a, a coaching job no. again. He's just a loser. I mean, a well, a highly paid loser. Eric Benemy to, to the Raiders. Eric Benemy to the Raiders. That ain't gonna happen because they're all talked to. They're not gonna hire a black dude. Um not they had Archell. That, that's, how long ago was that? I mean, yeah, that was like Jesus, like in the early, like late eighties, early nineties. The guy who hired him is no longer with us. So, yeah, I know, I know, I know. Um, yeah, 
that's gonna be that's gonna be a that'll be a brutal division. Um, but some fun to watch games. That'll that'll yeah. be highly entertaining. I will actually Rogers stay up. Mahomes twice. Uh, Rogers mm-hmm. and Herbert twice. I mean, that'll be that'll be some fun watch. Fun. I'm fun gonna watch. actually get the NFL package just for that. I'm yep. gonna just get the NFL package. I mean, I'll probably spend a little bit more and be like, you know what, screw it, because because that what makes football fun, man. Like, it's like you know, defensive battle. I love defensive battle, right? But when they're both teams are going back and forth, I mean, why wouldn't you? Yeah, like, people here don't you? really care about the the football team anymore because they've been so bad so long. It's just like whatever. Um, but out there, when the Broncos, even when they're bad, people care. But when they're good, like it's a different place, and so it's gonna be fun to be living there and while that's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, that I'm looking forward to that. Um, I, I'm not a Rogers guy, but he will bring excitement to the area, and people will care um, even more than they already do. With uh, his long hair flying over everything. Yep, and his <laughs> immunized and all that. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> the high altitude kills the germs. High altitude kills the germs. <laughs> maybe it. Maybe it'll help him. You know, maybe thin air will give him some sense or something. I don't know. <laughs> hey, lightheadedness. People do a lot of crazy things, man. A lot yep. of crazy things. Oh my goodness, man. Well, something I wanted show. to talk about. Um, I believe Von Miller. Uh, I believe his contract is up um, yes. after this season. Mm-hmm. Um, there was talk when the Rams brought a man about extending him, but I'm 99% sure they have not gotten around to that yet. He played with Del Rio in Denver. Um, Del Rio left the season before his best season in 2015 mm-hmm. to go coach the Raiders, but he had some good years um, from 2012 to 2014 under Del Rio. Um, with his impending possible free agency, um, would he be somebody you'd be interested in bringing in to Washington at his age? He'll be commanding a high salary still because he's still an elite pass rusher. We have so much cap. Like, why wouldn't you? Yep. I mean, at the end of the day, that, 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 that's, that's a no-brainer in my opinion. That's a no-brainer in my opinion. I'll put it this way. This year, if Chase Young don't perform, all that, all that hoopla is, you know. He, like, so Charles Mann said that he bought into the hype, right? And, 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 it, and it clearly showed. Charles Mann said that. But one thing I didn't like what Charles Mann said is, hey, I'm here, call me, but I don't, I, I don't come for free. And I'm like, I mean, like, yeah, I understand this is a business at the end of the day, but your legacy should precede all the business stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like, like I understand you want to get paid for your service, but I, I don't know. That, that, that just put like a kind of a bad taste in my mouth. But here nor there, with Von Miller, and just imagine, I mean, because the way my brain works is kind of a little bit different. You got Drawn Payne's probably gone next year. He's probably going to get traded or whatever, right? Yeah. So they'll probably pick up someone else to fill that to fill his role. You got him, or even Ionitis might start. Who knows? I love Ionitis. So if Ionitis starts, then you have then, then you got um, Allen, then then Montez Sweat, and you have um, Von Miller on the ends. Chase and linebacker is a position they have to address in the offseason because yes. they're very thin there. Yeah. They've got a, a developing Jamin Davis. Um, yeah. Maybe they can keep him in the middle with some more coaching and experience. Yeah. Um, they but, need a weak side linebacker. They need to but, get rid of – they signed Mayo, but I don't think he's the long-term project. Like, he yeah. just – yeah. He is just a project. Um, yeah. With Von Miller, despite his injury concerns, despite the high salary, I will take him 10 times out of 10. Because uh, I know how much the dude loves football. Like, he's a chill dude off the field. When he's on the field, like, he, he, 
he cares. Like, he's like Westbrook. He, I want players who care. I don't want you just out there getting paid. I know Vaughn cares. I know he does. Um, that's, and that, like, him coming and being healthy now is making all the difference in the Rams um, and their, their continuous progression throughout the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, having a guy out there like that, it, it's infectious. So I want, that on the, I, want, I want that on this defense. I'm not sure how realistic it is. I don't know if he consider coming here. We'll have to see if they develop enough to where he consider it. Um, but I could also see Denver uh, yeah. wanting to bring him back and him wanting to go back. But I don't know what their cap situation is like. With Aaron Rodgers, he's going to be taking a big chunk of that. So I don't yeah. know what that's going to look like. Um, but I'd be all in for bringing them here, dude. Like all the thing in. is, their talks of have having like the Washington team going after you know Russell Wilson and going after all these other like you know like like if if Russell Wilson once he gets on the market, they the Washington should be his number one destination, and then Von Miller coming in. It, it's like. It makes sense from a cap standpoint because we have so much money, right? But at the end of the day, we've we've done this rodeo before. <laughs> we've gotten all the superstars past their prime. And Russell Wilson's not past his prime, I'm saying, but I'm just saying in kind of context is we've done this rodeo and it didn't work. You can't just buy players to, 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 to build your team. Like, if I was the team, I'll go after Russell Wilson because he's a, he's a proven quarterback. Von Miller, I may have to pass up on, even though I would love to have him, love to have him. You may have to pass up on him because with the system that they run, I mean, he'll be, he'll, he'll just come in on third downs. He'll just be a third down specialist to rush the quarterback. And sometimes you need that. Sometimes you just need that. But ah, with the injury concerns, if he gets injured, then you lost a player for depending on how severe the injury is. So it's almost like you have to kind of like, not take the bait in the sense that oh that's the shiny object and say i want that shiny object i'll do whatever it takes so you may i mean in my opinion i'll probably if if i'm thinking with my gm cap on or whatever i probably will go out to russell first because we need an established quarterback first before we even concentrate on that defensive side of the ball because what heineke ain't going to do it i mean i like i like the guy i like his tenacity i think he'd he'd be a great you know locker room person you know you, you need some of those guys but he's not a starter, unfortunately. He's he's more of a backup kind of like, if the if almost like um, um when Carson Wentz got hurt <laughs> and his backup came in and played. Um, what's his name? He won the Super Nick Bowl. Foles. Nick Foles, perfect Nick Foles. That's all you need, you know. Yeah, but, and I mean it, it makes sense, of course, to go after Russell Wilson and all these top tier quarterbacks, but they're not going to come here. So they have to be really they have to be realistic in their approach. Um, it's not even worth wasting time going down that road. He's just, he's not coming here. I mean, we can dream what we want. It's just not going to happen. So they yeah. need to pursue like more realistic targets like a Jimmy G who I like, but fans, fans are kind of pooping all over. I don't care what fans think. If fans knew anything, like you'd be working in front offices. Um, but that's not how it works. Uh, Jimmy G passes my eye test. His record passes the eye test. Um, he has what it takes. I frankly wouldn't be surprised if, He's the second act of Tom Brady down in, in Tampa. I wouldn't be surprised, mm-hmm. surprised if when Tom Brady hangs it up, they, they target him um, because the rest of the team they have there is strong enough that he, have, he doesn't have to win them games. So um, I think he's, he's from I, the Bay Area, Tom Brady. He is from California. I think he's from like around that area, I think. Uh, yeah, but he's done. I'm not talking about like trading him for them. Oh, no, no. I mean, I'm talking about Jimmy G replacing him uh, once he. Oh, in Tampa. Official. Yeah, once he, once he makes it official that he's done. Um, I can see that happening because they're not going to go rebuild mode. I mean, by any means, not no. with that roster. So bringing in a guy like him, I can see him stepping in when Tom steps away. And that'll be, you know, they'll 
to me, they'll pick right back up where they left off. And, and, and again, to me, be the favorites in the division with the Jimmy G there. Um, but yeah. if, I'm, if I'm Washington, I want a guy like that. I don't, I don't care what haters say about him. I like him. I think he's a see, good quarterback. I think he'd be good here. If he, see, I, I like Jimmy G too. It's not like – it's almost like if you tell him, hey, dude, like don't do the crazy plays in the end of the game, just control the game. But the thing is with him is he takes the risks that earlier on in the game so it doesn't bite him in the butt in the end. But certain plays that he does in the end is the ones that he, he just has to limit. If he limited those, I mean, but at the end of the day, it's just like, okay, it is what it is, right? But the thing is, I like him as well is because he, he, he still can he, – he can win you games. It's proven. He can win you games. So you should go after a quarterback who can win you games. And the line is perfect for him too. I mean, he, 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 you have, and you have the weapons, you have McLaurin, you have some young receivers. They probably need another receiver for him to kind of like, you know, kind of shed off, you know, cause you, cause over there in for when he went to the 40, when he said for 49, he has, he has Debo. He has a lot of weapons, a lot, a lot of weapons. So at the end of the day, like if I was Washington, I mean, why wouldn't you go after Jimmy G? That, that's, that's the safer bet cap cap friendly and safer bet. Yeah, um, and I, I want them, like I, I've been saying, I want them to target receiver with their first pick. Uh, they need, yeah, they yes. got to get a compliment. I don't even know that I'd go the free agency route. Um, you don't need to pay. But who's going to be? But who's going to be? I don't even know. And uh, Calvin yeah. Ridley's going to be on the market, but I wouldn't touch him with the 10 foot pole. I'm not interested in guys who just, he, he sat out apparently for mental stuff, but I don't, to me, it seemed like he just didn't want to play for a bad team. I'm not interested. I'm not going. Uh, somebody else can deal with that. I don't. Yeah. No thanks. Um, they need to I get mean, a receiver. I, I draft one, um, and then they got it, they're it, getting it, Logan it, Thomas back, so that's another yeah. target. Yeah. So for me, like the draft and then the draft of Washington, what they really need to do is focus on the defense. Like, don't get any. You can get a quarterback in the later rounds. Just focus on that defense in the first. Like, I don't know how many picks they have. They probably. I don't. That. I mean, I, I guess, but. It's not a defensive league. I'm not spending too much money or picks there. I want the offense to be elite, and then the defense will follow. That's, that's the thing, though, right? Like, I feel that you have – like, true. Uh, but, but also, you have to stop the other team from scoring. So, even if you do, like – Or you can you outscore them. Uh, uh, or outscore them, yeah. <laughs> that, the, mean, rules, the rules in the league are geared towards the offense. So, I mean, you can spend money there and all that, but if the rules are against you, then, I mean – Unless yeah. you're unless you're getting guys like I mean mm. Aaron Donald, Von Miller, unless you're getting these elite type players, but to draft just pieces, you know, mm. how, not high. Not no, not, not when a, the yeah. offense is having I mean, struggles. Not, not not when there are so many question marks and holes on the offense. That's mm-hmm. that's the only reason I'm saying. Like if the offense was fine, then I'm mm-hmm. all for building the defense. The offense is not fine. <laughs> so, I mean, <laughs> they got to put some money and effort there. True. Yeah. I mean, because the thing is, if they're going to go for quarterback, I would get them in the third or fourth round. I'll get them later. Yeah, on. yeah, yeah. It's not, a heavy, later. it's not a heavy league. No, yeah, I wouldn't draft a quarterback in the first round. Not this year. No. No, not at all. Next year, yeah. Next year, it's going to be a good Maybe. quarterback. I don't. I don't know who's coming out. I think Bryce Young, but I don't like QBs like that, so I'm not interested. <laughs> no, Bryce Young won't. I mean, he, he's. Not, I'll probably target someone else from a, a different school. Maybe the maybe the Pac-10 or the Pac-12 or or some or, or somewhere else. I mean. Alabama's uh, nah. Alabama's only for offense, defense, and receivers, <laughs> running backs. Line, the lines, and yeah, receivers. Yeah. yeah, I mean quarterbacks, maybe like somewhere else. I because I will pass. 
that. Yeah, definitely. But besides that, I wanted to ask you, um, with all these uh, with all these changes happening in the East and even the AFC and all that, who do you like with our picks that we made early on, right? Like, wh- like who do you see winning the Super Bowl outright this year? Um, I'm sticking with the Rams. You sticking with the Rams? Yeah, pick them, bet on them. That's what I'm sticking with. Uh, so I'm going to go with. I'm, I'm, I think the 49ers, It's gonna be Jimmy G's last send off before he leaves for free agency. See, that's what I want because I want them to be in that position where they have to make that move to get rid mm-hmm. of them because they're going to do it, and mm-hmm. I want them to do it, and I want it to backfire on them. Um, it, it'll just be interesting to see when the, if they're put in that position just mm-hmm. to see them make that call because okay. that'll, it's a tough call, but their decision's already made. So I just, I just want to see them in that spot and squirm. I just want to see that. That'd be funny. Mm-hmm. Because I just want to see a good old like Bengals and San Francisco's because the league's going to hype that up like, oh, it's the rematch from the thing for the Bengals side of things and kind of like play it, put, put, put like a marketing scheme all over all that because they're going to yep. love all that stuff. But man, oh, oh, nice. It's your book. You got, is that my book or your book? Yeah, yours. Oh, your, oh nice. Very yeah, cool. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool, cool, cool. If y'all are having debt issues, um, Dave Ramsey's book, yeah. This book will fix your life. Yeah. Don't listen to the book. haters. I know Dave Ramsey says some crazy stuff sometimes. I, I used to think that too. But then I started listening to the dude and I like really like listening to what he was saying. It makes sense. Um, we live a debt-free life. So if you have an issue, it's like don't have issues. Listen to what he's saying. But, yeah, and, and and he offers free classes. He has a lot of stuff. And he, he's on YouTube. So is, I mean this is not political. I'm not making a political okay. statement. Talking about finances. If you're having Money. issues, get get it together. That's yeah. how you do it. Yeah, because in this day and age, um, a lot of people forget a lot of things and they get themselves into a little bit of a of a, of a bind and stuff. So his his strategies have actually helped a lot of people get out of where they are. So you know, see, I've always um, I've always been like anti debt. It kind of makes me like when I have any kind of debt, it makes me itch. It makes me very uncomfortable. I don't like owing anybody anything. I don't like like even borrowing your book, I was uncomfortable about it, but I wanted to read it because I listened to him. Yeah. But I just, I don't like borrowing money or anything from anybody. Um, so I've always kind of like tried to live that way. But like listening to him, let me know that I was A, on the right track and B, just, you know, it, it helped me nail down, on, you know, when I, where I had those life leaks, uh, like mm-hmm. putting a budget in place. Um, it helped me pay off my mortgage. So I didn't even think that was realistic. So if y'all are listening and that's ever something you, you, you want to do, um, listen to the, listen to the way uh, Ramsey puts it in place for you, and you'll you'll get yeah, there. Yeah, man. I mean, I mean, dude, like within the family, like like borrowing stuff is is like you can borrow a book, you can borrow. But one thing I've learned over the years is lending money to family is very. It's I stopped that a while you don't, ago. You don't lend money to family. If you if you yeah. give somebody in your family money, consider it a gift. Um, yep. You can don't they can say, uh, "Will you loan me something?" But when you give it, don't ever expect to get it back, and nope. don't. Don't be the person who has to pressure your family. It'll make your Thanksgiving dinners awkward. It's, yep. it's not worth the money to go yes. down that road. So if you're going to give it, give it and consider yeah, it as, gone. As Mr. Wonderful says is, I don't lend money, I don't lend money to people or I don't lend money to family, but I give them as a gift and say it's a one-time gift and that's it. You don't, yeah. I, I don't ask for it. I don't need it. I don't, want, I don't want to come it back because at the end of the day, if they have to pay you back, it's not going to happen. Feel free so, to say no. 
That's yeah. fine. But if you give Listen, it, don't expect to get it back. Exactly. And at the end of the day, it's your money. You shouldn't feel obligated to do it to anybody. I mean, it's your, it's your hard-earned money. You know what to do with it. Don't like listen to, oh, this, that. No, don't do that. And yeah, I'm a, I'm a giver. Just, I, I enjoy giving. It makes, I do it for selfish reasons. Giving makes me feel like it makes me feel good. So I do it because it makes me feel good. I don't, I don't do it because I feel like I'm helping somebody. This is purely selfish. If I give yeah. somebody asking me for money and I'm giving it, and I, I do it like let me borrow ten dollars. All right, I'm giving you this ten dollars. I'm I'm sure it's helping you. That's fine, but I'm doing it because it's making me feel good. I don't, you know, mm -hmm. selfish reasons. Yeah, and 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 that's us life lessons we've learned over the years as we've gotten wiser. So I mean, we've went through some stuff. So we're just sharing a little bit of our lives to you. So. It is how it is, and if you guys want some more, we we're 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 an open book. So I will talk about anything. So yes, um, sports is just what we use as a foundation for it. But um, mm -hmm. I said on our first when we first sat down at the table that the discussion could go anywhere. We haven't really strayed from sports just because there's been a lot going on. But with the NFL season coming to a close here, um, mm -hmm. we can't just talk Wizards all show. I mean, we could, but I mean, I, I don't know how exciting that that'll be exciting for me. But I don't know how exciting that'll be for everybody else. So this, you know, as, as the season winds down, um, discussions could go anywhere. So expect that. Look forward to that. Um, mm -hmm. Throw some topics at us and we'll, um, we'll go down whatever highway, wherever yeah. the discussion takes us any week. Um, yeah. And we're counselors, too. So we're free. So, you know, if you, if you need a, if you want to, like, have a great listener. Yeah. We're all great here, and if you need like you know a little bit of advice, you know we'll 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 share what we've done in our in our in, in our previous stuff, and you know hopefully, you know we can we can try to help you out in in any way we, we can, and try to like you know. Help I you. know a lot of stuff. I know a little bit about everything, um, and some things I know a lot about. So, um, whatever anybody, if you if you're having any kind of issues, uh, I'm 42 years old. I'll put that out there. I'm not ashamed. I am what I am. Um, I've been through a lot, seen a lot, seen a lot of life, lots of relationships, lots of everything. So anybody need to talk, anybody need anybody to listen, um, I enjoy it and um, I have a lot of, a lot of good um, insight that I can offer to anybody too. So yeah, financial, relationships, anything. Mm -hmm. Sports. Our bread yep. and butter, but we have bread and butters in other, other venues as well. So yeah. Yep. You know, we're not just a talking. That's why we call the talking hats. You know, we, and sometimes we, we we do a lot of listening. So, <laughs> yeah, but you know, that's all I have for this week. Um, I don't know mm -hmm. if there's anything else you wanted to touch on. If not, we can go and wrap it up. Um, yep, we're good. We've been um, going since. <laughs> we we started around twelve, so almost. Okay. So I'll tell you this: this is like my first relaxation I, I i this is enjoying this 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 took off so much pressure off like the last two weeks like yeah, it's been a, it's definitely been a long you we've been talking about it but I, i've been in training for the past like, like almost weeks? three it's going on three well just it's three weeks finished now. Up okay. three weeks now so i've just been been grinding long days um mm -hmm. but it's good you know training is it's all about development i'm trying yeah. to get better at what i'm doing so you know, it's, it's a grind, but it's, it's, it's at the end of the day, it's good. It might be better. Um, but this morning, I've been really slogging today because I have to wake up early to babysit. Um, that's fun on a Saturday. I love my boy, but, you know, he's, he's the ball of energy. So I was doing some domestic duties around the house, too. So just I, I got I started late on our Zoom and needed my coffee. I was on that on that first one. And, and Tim, 
I was dragging. I was like, yeah. My, my brain was, was like, like oh. my brain was like coffee, need coffee. I had to yeah. get this <laughs> I was better now, but yeah. Man, like, cause I, I haven't slept since I haven't slept properly in the last week and a half because we have a we have we have a thing due like on Tuesday and there's there were some issues. What happened? They caught it and we were just man, it was just ugh. And I was telling, I was like, man, and I was like texting Dale and David, and I'm like, uh, I'm literally running on fumes. So if the jokes come out bad, please. <laughs> but hey, we got to unwind today a little bit, and then tomorrow yeah. we've got uh, meeting up with a friend of ours. We haven't seen him. I haven't seen him since. I think since we since you came back, I, I don't think I've seen him. I don't think I've seen him in two years since the COVID thing. Yeah, I haven't seen him in at least two years. So it'll be good to yeah. catch up. We're gonna go to Reston Talent Center. If anybody's in the area and wanna stop mm-hmm. by, I don't I forget the spot. Um, but um uh, yeah, it's it's it used to be it's right next to Uncle Julio's. Uh it's a new oh, yeah, 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 yeah. whatever. Yeah, uh, so we're gonna be at Reston Talent Center be, tomorrow catching up. Yeah, I I think I used to be Harry's or whatever it's used to call. So you know, we'll be there and you know, we'll be there hopefully like our estimate time is at eleven o'clock. Who knows when we get seated, but we'll be there. So have to get another bowling night going at some point too before we leave. Yeah, where to again? Sorry, we have to get another bowling night going too before we leave. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. When are you guys like planning on leaving? We're heading back on the twelfth. Seb twelfth. Okay, cool, 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 cool. Yeah, so we'll be back in our, our Colorado mode. Um, so I'll be getting up even earlier to record. Uh, yeah, but yeah, I'm looking uh, forward to getting home. There is no place like home. Uh, this mm-hmm. was home, but you know, it's still knowing that you know all my stuff is is there now. It's like this is my it's place. This is still my place, but my stuff isn't here, so it's not it's not the same. It's um, like your home is where everything is, like with you and Reina as together, right? So true, at the yeah. end of the day, um, that's your home. This is just like, hey, you know what? We're this is still your home because because we're gonna miss you like heck when you do leave, and <laughs> like <laughs> we don't really think, but we'll definitely have a oh, we should do cosmic bowling. I, now I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna do the handshake roll now even more. I thought I thought they did that. Um, like after the league stopped, but maybe I'm guessing they didn't do it because nobody was really there. Um, mm. We just have to go to a different one. That one's horrible. Yeah, I'm like, not going we... back to that one either way. Yeah. But um, yeah. the Bolero in Centerville might do it. Um, mm. We can call. We can call yeah. ahead and find out and stuff. Instead we'll of, figure like, that know. out. But I definitely we'll want to bowl again because I got hot towards the end. So you did. 212 to close it out, just so y'all are aware. <laughs> bowl. Dale is an exceptional bowler. He's like, he's like a, he, he's a, He's a pro in disguise. So I'm a bowler and I'm a shooter. That's my two things. Yes. Yep, yep, so, yep. Challenge me in anything else. You got me, but I, I'll I'll beat you. <laughs> I'll beat anybody in bowling. That's a standing challenge to anybody. If you want to, a friend of mine thought he could beat me. Came out, smoked him. I mean, yep. that's my that's just my thing. People have their thing. Bowling is my thing. Yeah, and he's really good too. So um, I'm not a uh, cheating two-handed bowler. I bowl one-handed, and I will I'll crush anybody. So, yeah, and he'll outspin you guys too. So yeah. I know a lot I, of people are getting into that two-handed thing now that I don't. Well, two-handed I don't thing, but if you if you watch the pros even now, um, the oh, younger, that, the younger that one pros, guy started doing it. He's, now everybody's doing. He's not on top anymore. There's a young guy doing it now who's one of the mm. top bowlers now doing that the same two-handed technique, um, which is going to give you way more rotation. But I think it's cheating. Um, I don't agree with it. Uh, it's, it's just not. It's unorthodox. So. I don't like it. I'm old. I don't. I like old fashioned. But yeah, 
yeah, like I said, that's all I got. I'm, you know. Yeah, same here, man. It's been it's it's just been a pleasure, like you know, talking to you guys. And thank you for the Twitter following. We're up to forty something now. So our goal is to get to a hundred by the end of the year. Yeah, we'll so keep growing. Yeah, we'll keep growing. And uh, please grow our and, and come and like our subscription too. So if we can get a hundred followers too on YouTube, we'll be thinking we'll give you a hat. If you build it, they will come. So we just got to keep doing our part, and then yeah. Yes. Yeah, and um, I think that's us. Peace and love as always. Like, like subscribe, um, support, we'll support you. Thank y'all. Um, thank you for supporting us. Thank you for listening. And we'll be back next week with another show, Talking Hats, and we are out. Peace. Peace out. Peace out.